or at sacredheartradio.com. Wednesday, the 25th of October, the Feast of St. Crispin and Crispinian. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are our stronghold in time of trouble. Grant us the wisdom and the courage to place our trust in you. You are our defender against all evil. Teach us always to call upon you in prayer. You have delivered your people from death by the power of the cross. Strengthen us to bear one another's burdens in love. Lord God of power and might, you have revealed to us in Jesus Christ that true strength lies in self-surrendering love. Make us his true disciples in every trial and make us a true source of strength to one another through the same Christ our Lord. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Saints Crispin and Crispinian, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on a Wednesday morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. Travis has our video feed up and running, if I can get in the frame properly. Robert Tunmire will be along from Heroic Men to talk a little bit about his own conversion story and the resources he has available for men who want to grow deeper in their faith. Father Rob Jack. Uh, will join us as well. Also, Gary Zimak with more thoughts on the Psalms. And Stephanie Mann, uh, who has been walking through English Catholic history, will mark the anniversary of the canonization of the 40 martyrs of England and Wales. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The top provider of humanitarian aid in the Gaza Strip says it will have to cease operations by the end of the day if it doesn't get more fuel. The U.N. Relief and Work Agency has said that without additional fuel, it will be unable to distribute any incoming aid that enters Gaza, where about 600,000 people are taking shelter at U.N. facilities. Israel blocked off supplies to Gaza after it was attacked by Hamas on October 7th and has been pounding the Gaza Strip with airstrikes, displacing more than a million Palestinians. Meanwhile, Catholic Relief Services is calling for Congress to quickly approve the funding request from the administration for humanitarian aid for Gaza. CRS says in a statement they have witnessed the staggering amount of need as supplies dwindle and food and water become scarce. Pope Francis has made another appeal for peace ahead of the release of a new book-length interview with the Holy Father. From Vatican Radio, Francesca Merlo reports. Horrors, very serious horrors against God and man. This is what wars are to Pope Francis. He once again reiterated his condemnation of the conflicts taking place in the world the day after his Angelus in St. Peter's Square, during which he had already defined them a defeat. On Twitter, too, he writes, We must not become accustomed to war, to any war. We must not allow our hearts and minds to be anesthetized at the repetition of these extremely serious horrors against God and humankind. This appeal is the upteenth coming from Pope Francis, who has denounced war since the beginning of his pontificate, intensifying his appeal in the months of Russian aggression in Ukraine, and now with the tensions in the Middle East and the resurgence of attacks and violence. 
And in light of the turmoil the world is witnessing, the Pope's words against war are also available now in the book Non Sei Solo, You Are Not Alone, Challenges, Answers and Hopes. The book interview was written by journalist Francesca Ambrogetti, former head of ANSA in Argentina, and Sergio Rubin of the daily El Clarín. The book had already been published in February in Argentina under the title El Pastor, The Shepherd, and on Wednesday the Italian edition will be in bookshops with Salani publishers. At the beginning of my pontificate, I affirmed that we were living through a third world war in small pieces. Then I claimed that these pieces had gradually grown larger, and now I think it is all one big piece, the Pope said in a passage of the interview reported by Ansam. War is the result of a serious madness, he said. I am Francesca Merlo. The Georgia Supreme Court is upholding the state's heartbeat law. The court released the ruling yesterday morning, which sends challenges back to the lower courts. First passed by the state back in 2019, the new law prohibits the law prohibits abortion at the detection of a fetal heartbeat, which is at about six weeks gestation. Meanwhile, the number of the of abortions in the U.S. is up this year after the Dobbs ruling, but has dropped drastically in states with bans in law. A new report from the Society of Family Planning's We Count project shows that there were 2,200 more abortions in the 12 months from July of 2022 to June of 2023. But the state-by-state numbers are much different. In states with total abortion bans or heartbeat laws, six-week bans, abortions fell by nearly 115,000. In states where it was legal, there was a nearly 117,000 increase. Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. Mark Mayfield has more. The low-ranking member of the GOP leadership team became the party's latest nominee Tuesday night after three rounds of voting behind closed doors. Johnson must now secure 217 of the 221 Republican votes on the House floor to win the Speaker's gavel. The House had announced earlier that they would reconvene on the floor Wednesday afternoon. I'm Mark Mayfield. And the World Series matchup is now set. The Arizona Diamondbacks are advancing to the World Series for the first time since 2001 after defeating the Philadelphia Phillies 4-2 in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series at Citizens Bank Park last night. Arizona will now take on the Texas Rangers, who defeated the Houston Astros in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series on Monday. Game 1 of the World Series starts Friday in Arlington. So we do get our Christian Walker-Texas Ranger matchup. (laughs) We do, That's pretty cool. We do. I got uh, some Journey Home guests who came in to tape today, uh, but they got in last night, and one of them was flying from Arizona and came in with a Diamondbacks, you know, outfit on. Oh, nice! I don't want to keep you. I mean, we'll we'll eat, you know, and and get you situated, but you gotta you gotta you got important things to watch. watch. Yeah, very important things to watch. Nice, and it happened. So there you have it. Congratulations to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Absolutely. We got to figure out some gentlemen's wagers that involve Arizona and Texas or something. Something. We got to figure something out as this thing moves forward. For sure. Well, we are glad that you are here figuring your morning out today on a Wednesday. It is the 25th of October. Right now, it is seven minutes past the hour. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Robert Tunmeyer from HeroicMen.com. If you've never checked out 
their platform loaded with free videos and resources to help men grow in the Catholic faith. Definitely check it out. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Robert was just a guest on the journey home as well. Robert, good to talk to you again. Uh, good morning, Matt. Good talking with you. You know, you were just on the journey home, uh, and I hope a bunch of people got to watch that. If not, uh, that episode is going to be linked at chnetwork.org and probably through Heroic Men as well. Uh, and you go through a lot of the um, the stages of being completely just heathen and secular before you had an initial conversion of Christ. I thought you'd appreciate this. I was looking at a comment on your YouTube video. I don't know how well you identify with this, but I got a kick out of it. Someone commented, they said, Robert's conversion took so long because the Holy Spirit was rummaging around for a bigger hammer to hit him in the head with. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. Uh, we, we fired the link out to our database, actually, and it was watched by thousands of people. Yes. Well, and it's a it's a great story. I want to actually fast forward to an interesting part of that story because uh, there's all kinds of things in the background of what led you to become a Christian and get involved in the evangelical world uh, as well. But something happened because you were split in time between evangelical churches and Catholic Mass, and you'd married a Catholic, but were still kind of in your own evangelical world. That actually there are a lot of people listening right now who have been in that situation, Robert, <laughs> who are, you know, maybe going to Mass, maybe listening to Catholic radio, maybe humoring their spouse by still going on Sunday mornings with them to Catholic services, raising their kids Catholics in the Catholic schools. What was it that happened that sparked that thing that said to you, why am I not Catholic? Um, well, you know, I, I, I went to RCIA um, uh, not to become Catholic, a, 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 a brother suggested I go to RCIA, and I went with the intention of simply learning. No, no real desire to be Catholic. Didn't have anything against being Catholic. So I went to RCIA, and midway through the class, they they played this video by uh, Dr. Scott Hahn called "The Lamb Supper." And, Matt, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks that the Catholic Church is the fullness of truth. I mean, it was, you know, I, I can remember being in class that Thursday evening, uh, and it's just like, oh, oh, I should be Catholic. So it was just, that's what did it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that some people would say, well, the Eucharist is such a powerful reality. How come it didn't make sense to you before being in the real presence of Christ you know, at Mass every Sunday. I think it's impossible sometimes for a Catholic to understand how someone wouldn't get that. But but I know people, and you know people all the time, uh, men who've been going to Mass for years and just haven't had that aha moment. Um, what do you think are some of the things that, that prepared you to receive that when you heard it that way? You know, Matt, <laughs> I, I just say it was the Holy Spirit. God's got a plan for all of us. And I've come to realize it's normally not my plan. It, you know, it just, he moves. And I, and I think that the thing that if we just, we'll just seek him more and trust him more, the things he'll do through us for his glory is incredible. Um, you know, I, you know the, I tell my Protestant brothers and people that don't practice the faith anymore. If you really truly believed that Christ was present in, in the Eucharist, 
there is no way you could ever leave the Catholic Church. Can't do it if, in fact, you know the truth. Indeed. Well, and it it brings perspective to any conflict you might see, any news story you might see, any disappointing interaction you might have with a priest or a bishop or a fellow Catholic. It puts the perspective all back on who brought us here in the first place. But I want to put some some challenges out there because, you know, with heroic men uh, and your website, you're all about challenging men to to take that next step with Christ, to be more virtuous, to be more a person of service, uh, to be more faithful to Christ. Uh, There's probably a guy out there listening right now who has maybe a desire to do that, but doesn't know how to do that. Or maybe they've been kind of involved peripherally with the church on some level uh, what would you say to to encourage them to take that next step uh, in faith to really be a plugged in, virtuous, faithful man in their parish community and in their families? Here's what I would throw out to any man. If you're going to Mass sometimes on Sundays or often, you know, on Sundays and you're just not really engaged, go to Mass just one more time a week during the week. Go to a weekday mass just once a week. It'll take 30 minutes, typically 35 minutes, because when a man goes to mass more than once a week, the Holy Spirit is going to do mighty things. And I, I try to get men to think about this. Us men, we're about results, right? And if you go to mass... Just one more day a week, that is a 100% improvement. <laughs> That's good math right there. I mean, you know, and you, so you can, you can literally have a 100% increase in your, your spiritual growth simply going to Mass more than one day a week. Well, and as you and, think that through, too, Robert, it's causing you to make a conscious decision to do one good thing that you're not required to do because it's a good thing, right? And that's a yeah, that's a big step in virtue. Being a convert, you know, this concept, you know, that you're we have an obligation to go to mass on Sunday. You have the opportunity to go to mass on Sunday. It's not an obligation, you know. It's it, it's an opportunity that you have. So, You've got an obligation yeah. to eat at some point this week, right? But I don't think of that as an obligation. I think about it as an opportunity, right? It's a yeah. lot about our perspectives, and it's a lot about, you know, what is it that we're there to do? Are we there to check a box? Are we there to please our spouse? Um, are we there out of guilt? Uh, and God wants more for us than that. And I know this is something that you do all the time, uh, talk about all the time in your men's groups and men's conferences and the Heroic Men website, which we've got linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Tons and tons of free stuff for voices you know uh, very well from Catholic Radio and uh, EWTN and the like. And, of course, I'll have Robert Tunmeyer's Journey Home episode linked at sunrisemorningshow.com as well. Robert, thank you. Have an awesome day. Good talking to you again, Matt. God bless. All right, we're back with headlines right after this. It's a quarter past the hour. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. 
Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonrisemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonrisemorningshow.com. At this pivotal moment in the life of the church, bishops, religious, and laity from around the world have gathered in Rome for the Synod on Synodality. Get in-depth analysis of the day's events and what it means to you in our EWTN News special presentation from the Vatican. EWTN News presents the Synod on Synodality tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern, only on EWTN Radio. 17 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. Catholic Relief Services is calling for Congress to quickly approve a funding request for humanitarian aid for Gaza. Pope Francis is making another appeal for peace in the Holy Land and around the world ahead of the release of a new book-length interview with the Holy Father. And post-Dobbs, a new count shows the number of abortions in the U.S. is up this year but has dropped drastically in states with abortion bans. Well, that's not uh, rocket science. You know, obviously people from those states where the rates are dropping are going to the places where yeah. the restrictions are lower. Uh, all the more reason for us to try and figure out the whole comprehensive approach uh, from the grassroots up to the political level of how do we help people be empowered to make a better decision and how do we keep it from making keep it from being just this easy thing that people can do and then they have to live with the horrors of it yep. uh for the rest of their lives yep. but, um of course ohio is a big place for that yeah well ohio probably i haven't seen the numbers for ohio specifically but ohio is surrounded by uh states with abortion bans ohio currently has I think a 22-week limit. Ohio is about to vote on an amendment that would basically eliminate any kind of limit. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when you're in a border state like that, and it feels to me, Matt, um, like the country has not been divided like this since the time of slavery, where it depends for an unborn child um whether the 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 you're level, a human in certain places and certain level, places you're not yeah, yeah the level of uh dignity that you are afforded um the the level of the right to life that you are afforded depends on the state in which your mother is living at the time that you are an unborn child and that is not right so it's interesting it's i i can't spoil his whole story but we taped a journey home episode 
yesterday. It'll be coming out in, I want to say, February uh, of a guy who was uh, a cradle Catholic, uh, wasn't super involved with his faith, and uh, then a priest just asked him as he was graduating high school, hey, you ever thought about the priesthood? And he's like, no, man, of course I haven't thought about that. <laughs> well, at any rate, he had a dream that that night, and then the next morning was like, I actually, I might have to, I might have to at least check this out. But he, he was afraid to tell us. Yes, but he was afraid to tell his mom that he was thinking about entering seminary. And when he told his mom, his mom was like, you know, I always knew you'd be doing something for God. Wow. And later he was like, well, what do you mean by that? She's like, well, when I became pregnant with you, I wasn't sure if we could do this. And I considered abortion, but I just told God, like, if you help me, my son is all yours. Yep, She's like, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, you never know what future you're cutting short. Uh, yeah. And you never know what future uh, you are establishing just by giving someone a chance to live. Wow. That's all I'm saying. In the link between mother and child. Wow. It's all there. It's all wow. there. It's 21 minutes past the hour. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith. When Rebecca Schaefer-Wells will talk about the connections of sacred music and worship, Father Robert Mixon will discuss Thomas Akempis' book on solitude and silence. I'll talk about the need to face our own personal sinfulness with frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing your care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Sunrise Morning Show continues. Thanks for being along on this Wednesday, October the 25th. It is St. Crispin's Day. So uh, happy feast to all the Crispins and Crispinians out there and all of you lovers of uh, Shakespearean speeches. Father Rob Jack now joining us. He's host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio in Cincinnati, which you hear uh, if you're listening to Sacred Heart Radio, you hear on the drive home, quite obviously. Father Rob, good morning. Morning, Matt. So let's talk about the illuminative way of of prayer. Uh, this is something that 
uh, is part of like a three-step process uh, that some of our listeners are familiar with. But the illuminative way, what do we mean by that? What comes before it? And, you know, how does it pro- progress you in the spiritual life? Well, one of the great paths of it, of course, we have really three steps in our prayer, which is what we call the purgative way, in which we look at the, the obstacles that are in our life, that oftentimes either our sins or our inability to really focus on God, they put up roadblocks. And if we really want to draw closer to God, he, God has no roadblocks to us, but we've got a whole lot of them to Him. And what we do in the purgative way is we see what those are. Now, in the process of doing that, we also, though, must begin this part of what we call mental prayer. You know, vocal prayer is very easy. That's just talking to God. And everyone does that every day, I hope. But beyond that, there's another type of prayer, which is meditative prayer, or what we call mental prayer. There's a lot of names for it, but they all mean about the same thing. And what they focus on, again, is listening to God and speaking to God, which is, of course, something that's a very unique uh, Christian, really Judeo-Christian practice. So with this question of meditation and, you know, mental prayer and all these things, I think because, you know, if I go to the grocery store and I'm going down the uh, the checkout line and I see like three magazines about like fall recipes and about two magazines about mindfulness, right? Like, (laughs) obviously, the Christian take on these things is a little bit different than what I'm seeing on the magazine rack. Oh, oh, it is very much so. Oftentimes, the the goal in meditative prayer uh, and the contemporary view is is really kind of a form of navel-gazing, of thinking about us. But meditation, and it isolates pretty much with us, whereas in meditation, we see we're looking for God. And so in part of that looking for God, we go through, uh, first of all, we need time. This is something that we, this is something that is focused work meditation. And it could be focused on something going on in our life, some event that happened. What is God trying to tell me through this? But many of the times it happens through, of course, taking a passage from sacred scripture. And especially, I always like to use the gospels because here Jesus is actually speaking. So if he says, for instance, uh, I demand that you take up your cross daily and follow me. Okay, what does that mean? So we take that scripture passage, and then after that's the first part. We take it. We concentrate on that passage, and then we go to the second part, which is we consider. Okay, what what are my crosses here, and what does it mean to say this is a cross? Is it a challenge? Is it a burden? What is that? And we spend time with that in prayer, and then we move from thinking about this. Okay, God. This is what's going on. What what cross are you talking about? Are you talking about the fact that I use bad language and I shouldn't be using that and I need to focus on something else? And we talk, we, we sort through that in our head, and then we go. The final part of, of meditative prayer, really, is gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for taking time to talk to with me today and, and uh, for me to listen to you and then make a decision. See, meditative prayer always has a goal with the end, and the goal is, of course, how can we be closer to God? You know, in vocal prayer, as I'm driving through as I'm driving through downtown, and God gives me a green light instead of red, I say, thank you, Lord, for this green light. Okay, that's not meditation. That's just gratitude. <laughs> I'll make it on time. But, but meditative prayer is really a personal conversation with God in which God speaks, I listen, in which uh, I listen, and God speaks. 
So what's interesting, Father, is that in my evangelical background, we were 100% against meditation. We, we thought that's like what the Buddhists and the New Agers do. But it turns out that the way that you're describing it is exactly how I was taught to pray in my evangelical Christian background, right? This is exactly how we were supposed to approach prayer. But at the same time, I mean, it can be a challenge for some Catholics who are just like, oh, it's time to pray. All right, well, let's recite, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z thing. Now, there's a, a place for memorized and written prayers, but there ought to be a place also for these sort of just opening up your heart to God and having that conversation. We're meant to kind of have access to both to grow our prayer lives, aren't we? Oh, it is. It really, you see, this is when we talk about prayer, of course, we, we use the different titles. One of us is vocal prayer, meditative prayer, and contemplative prayer. And what we see the goal for us is to learn to be still to God. And so vocal prayer is the starting off of the conversation, talking to the Lord and stuff. And we move from that then to just not using just from talking to actually now, okay, Lord, what what are you trying to say to me? And so in that, you, you take about 15 minutes and you get yourself as calm down as you could. Then you start working things through. I prefer to do it in front of the boss, you know, the Blessed Sacrament, and say, okay, Lord, we you have my undivided attention. Uh, you know, I know I have yours. That's never the problem. The question is, do, do he, does he have mine? And then to spend that time every day listening and talking and having a good talk about it. I said, Lord, this is really annoying. You started me on this. Why is this not working so well? And am I going on it the right way? And then I used, I said, a scripture passage. And then from there, we move forward. But the goal of meditative prayer is always to make another step along the way. We need a goal. We need a, well, an intention at the end of that prayer. I've learned something today, and I'm going to put that into practice in my behavior with others and with God with myself. Yeah, it's uh, practical stuff, and it seems so easy when you put it this way, but it actually takes work, right? It takes work. Well, it work. does. It and, does. Prayer, and... prayer is work. Prayer, I know because one of the problems with meditation, they say, get comfortable. If I get comfortable, I go to sleep, and sleep is not prayer <laughs> as much as we want to say. <laughs> yeah. Our goal this morning is to not put people back to sleep. It's to wake them up this morning. So thank That's you so exactly. much, Father Rob Jack. It is half past the hour. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. The U.S. is warning Iran against escalating the war between Israel and Hamas. While addressing the U.N. Security Council, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. will respond decisively if Iran or its proxies carry out attacks on U.S. personnel in the Middle East. He called on leaders to tell Iran in public and private not to open another front in the Israel conflict. Blinken also announced 33 Americans were killed in Hamas's attack on Israel earlier this month. Catholic Relief Services is calling for Congress to quickly approve the funding request from the administration for humanitarian aid for Gaza. CRS stand, says in a statement, quote, we stand at a critical juncture with the lives of millions of our brothers and sisters at stake, a reality that beckons us to act swiftly and decisively to prevent untold suffering. They say with ongoing emergency response efforts in both Gaza and Ukraine, we at CRS have witnessed the staggering amount of need as supplies dwindle and food and water become scarce. Under these dire circumstances, they say, we urge Congress to fund the administration's request for humanitarian assistance, which demonstrates American solidarity and as a lifeline to those caught up in these brutal conflicts, end quote. Meanwhile, the U.N. Relief and Work Agency has said they are about to run out of fuel in Gaza 
and without it, they will be unable to distribute any incoming aid that enters Gaza. The Cardinal Patriarch of Jerusalem is asking the faithful to remember to fast and pray on Friday for peace. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. The observance comes 10 days after churches across the world united in prayer on October the 17th. In a letter addressed to the diocese, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem highlights the importance of prayer and penance at a time when everything seems to speak of death and endless hatred. The message once again condemns in unequivocal terms Hamas attack on Israel. My conscience and moral duty require me to state clearly that what happened on October the 7th in southern Israel is in no way permissible and we cannot but condemn it, the Patriarch said. At the same time, with equal clarity, the head of the Latin Church in Jerusalem condemns the indiscriminate violence against civilians in the Gaza Strip. Cardinal Pizzaballa continues the letter by remarking that it is only by ending decades of occupation and its tragic consequences as well as giving a clear and secure national perspective to the Palestinian people that a serious peace process can begin. Unless this problem is solved at its roots, he stresses, there will never be the stability we all hope for. The Patriarch of Jerusalem therefore urges a more serious commitment in this regard from religious and political leaders, civil society and the international community. This, he says, is the only way to avoid other tragedies like the one we are experiencing now. I am Lisa Zingarini. The number of abortions in the U.S. is up in this year following the Dobbs ruling, but has dropped drastically in states with abortion bans. Brian Shook reports. A new report from the Society of Family Planning's We Count project shows that there were 2,200 more abortions in the 12 months from July 2022 to June 2023. But the state-by-state numbers are much different. In states with total abortion bans or six-week bans, abortions plummeted by nearly 115,000. In states where it stayed legal, there was a nearly 117,000 increase. I'm Brian Shook. The Georgia Supreme Court is upholding the state's heartbeat law. The court released the ruling yesterday morning that sends challenges back to the lower courts. The heartbeat law was first passed by the state in 2019 and prohibits abortion at the detection of a fetal heartbeat. And Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. The low-ranking member of the House GOP leadership team became the party's latest nominee last night after three rounds of voting behind closed doors. Johnson must now secure 217 of the 221 Republican votes on the House floor in order to win the Speaker's gavel. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. Uptown Catholic invites all to a healing service Saturday, November 11th at St. Monica St. George Church in Clifton. Worship begins at 6.30 p.m. and the healing service at 7. For more information, visit sacredheartradio.com slash event. Schneller and Aquaman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Hi, I'm Patrick Cagney with Cagney Family Real Estate, Coldwell Banker. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. 
My father, Guy, sister, Mar, and I have more than 60 years of real estate experience to help you with the most important buying and selling decisions. 513-319-7312. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on the St. Crispin's Day, Wednesday, October the 25th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Online at skpha.com. Looks like it's going to be pretty nice today again. Right now, temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly cloudy today. There's an isolated rain chance with a high of 75 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 56. Mostly cloudy with another slight rain chance tomorrow and high of 76 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mix of clouds and sun. Slight chance of a light shower today, a high of 73 Overcast tonight with an overnight low of 58, partly sunny tomorrow, and a high of 75. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 9, 10 a.m. Subscribe to our show notes at sacredheartradio.com. It's 37 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We few, we happy few, Matt, celebrate St. Crispin's Day. Well, you're not my brother. We band of brothers. We. Okay. Well, Well, it is what it is. It is what it is. And it is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Matt. All right, so I know it's early. It's not even Advent, but you're finishing up your schedule for Give Up Worry for Lent. If our listeners want to know about how to book you for that, how do they do so? Yeah, Matt, the easiest thing to do is to send me an email at gary at followingthetruth.com or head right on over to followingthetruth.com and contact me there. Matt, I have one opening remaining for a Give Up Worry for Lent Parish Mission. One opening remaining for 2024. So if somebody's interested, shoot me an email at gary at followingthetruth.com. Sounds great. Well, today, Gary, we are talking about uh, Psalm 131. We've been going through the Psalms, and there's just so much in them. It's right right smack dab in the middle of the Bible with loads and loads of just unpacking the human experience and relationships with God. But Psalm 131 is, is very interesting. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a humble person talking about himself. But what does Psalm 131 say? Matt, and, and this is great because these segments that we do, they're designed to help us to find peace. That's why I do them, to help anyone listening, striving for peace, to find peace um, literally by following the Lord. This is a three-verse psalm. And in this psalm, we're told three things we shouldn't do and three things we should do in order to find the peace that the Lord wants to give us. It's simple, and that's why I like it. I'm just going to read it, Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. There's three things we shouldn't do. We shouldn't basically try to figure out 
everything that God is doing and why he's doing it, because he's God. We're never going to get there, and it's only going to be a source of frustration to try to figure him out. That's the first piece of advice. Now, three things we should do, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a child quieted at its mother's breast, like a child that is quieted is my soul. So this idea of trusting in the Lord like a child, we hear a lot about this, especially in the Gospels, trusting in the Lord like a child. Trust that he knows what's best for us, know that he loves us, that decision to quietly trust in the Lord. And finally, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. So in other words, to place our hope in the Lord and trust that he knows what he's doing, not just today, but forevermore. You know, Matt, this is so simple. Of course, I forget to do this every day, but this is the simple solution to finding peace in our lives. You know, there are so many different phrases that, uh, you know, we could key in on this, but, you know, one that jumps out to me, there is, uh, you know, kind of a a sense of of FOMO out there. You know, you feel like you have to know everything about what's happening in the world and the church. Uh, and in every single relationship drama in your life, you feel like you have to have some sort of a public statement about all these things. Uh, Suddenly, everybody's got to be an expert on the pandemic and politics and Israel-Gaza and like the Senate on Synodality, and it's just too much for any one human being to be able to keep track of all that. So when it says here, you know, Lord, I do not occupy, occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, like, in a sense, like that's that's the thing that just I latch onto. Like, Lord, I'm not going to try and pretend to be an expert on stuff that I'm not an expert in. That's right. your territory, <laughs> right? Right, right. I'm going to just trust in you and rest in you. Yeah, and that, that's a that's a really great point because some things are beyond our understanding, uh, whether we're talking about human things or divine things. Some things are beyond us, and it takes a lot of pressure off of us. When we recognize that and we say, okay, I'm not an expert. You know, Matt, lately I've been, I've been easing up on social media. I, it, for a while I just was feeling – You and me pressure. both, brother. Right? It right, is Matt, liberating. It, it is. It is. It took me years to realize this. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to comment on everything. <laughs> and it, it really feels good. So I'm really glad you said that. And I think by doing that simple, that one simple act of recognizing that, well – the world doesn't need to hear my comment on Facebook about everything that's happening. Just by doing that, we bring ourselves a lot of peace. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very important thing to recognize. Well, it used to be that people would be like, oh, X thing happened. We need a public statement from this expert lobbying group that has you know, deep expertise in this field. Now it's like this thing happened. Now every single person in your network has to say how they think and feel about it. And, and that is, that's occupying ourselves with things too great for us. Uh, right. And it is a, an enormous temptation. And what it does is it puts uh, the onus back on us to have to figure everything out on our own and takes our trust away from God and puts it all back in our own, like, intellectual juices. Right. Right. And, and, you know, look, it's taken me a number of years to begin to figure this out. I say begin because I'm going to be still working on this, I'm sure, for the rest of my life. But I'm recognizing that the Lord places me in situations that I can't understand or where I do feel uncomfortable. He does that so that I'll turn to him and choose to trust in him. And, and that's the way he wants it. 
He wants to be me to be like a trusting child. He doesn't want me to question everything. And, and there's a real sense of peace in that. But the key is I've got to know him well enough to understand how much he loves me or at least get a rough idea of the fact that he does love me and that he is all-powerful and that he wants what's best for me. So until I, until I come to that conclusion, it's going to be difficult for me to choose to trust him. But the more I get to know him, the more easy it becomes for me to say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but you know what you're doing, and that's good enough. Just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and sometimes that – and this comes back to this whole idea of not op- occupying yourself with things too great and too marvelous for you. I mean we started off this month of October with St. Therese and her little way. Like sometimes the most yeah. heroic thing you can do today is something really small and possibly invisible, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's yeah. something that's like a, a step – in virtue that maybe nobody sees but you and God. Like maybe that's the thing that you're supposed to occupy yourself with today. And and actually our days are full of those kind of things every day. And, and I'm really, I believe the Lord's really trying to teach that to me. And it's difficult because, you know, I've been in, in full-time ministry for 11 years now, and I'm used to, to getting out there and spreading the good news. I'm used to writing books, and I'm, I'm going to still keep doing that. I'm still going to keep speaking. But there's a lot of work for me to do um, that nobody's ever going to see. And, I, and I'm realizing that it's me working with the Lord and working with those around me, specifically my family. I've got a lot of work to do that nobody's ever going to know about, except maybe those close to me. And that's good enough because that's what I believe the Lord's calling me to do. Well, that's what the Lord's calling every single believer to do, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, some of us go out and write and talk about it, but most of us are in our worlds with our families, uh, doing the, uh, doing the hard, regular work of just figuring out how to be a Christian in everyday situations. That's the task, man. That's the task in front of all of us. So, Gary, one more time, if our listeners want to connect with you uh, at Following the Truth, maybe even check out how to bring you to their parish for uh, Give Up Worry for Lent series. How do they do so? Matt, the easiest thing is to go right to my website, followingthetruth.com, and contact me through the website. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks so much, Gary. Have a great day. All right, buddy. God bless you. All right. We're back right after this. It's 14 till. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit. 
on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. This is Conversations with Consequences, where we delve deeper into issues affecting our church, our country, and our core, the family. As Catholics, we need to be informed, aware, and able to talk through some of the tough topics that we're facing in our culture and in our world. Conversations with Consequences gives us the tools to do so. It's not enough to pray. We have to be a light for the world. Conversations with Consequences, this Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. This is Cy Kellett. Join us later today on Catholic Answers Live as we do our best to explain and defend the Catholic faith. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. It is Wednesday, October the 25th. Here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. Catholic Relief Services is calling for Congress to quickly approve the funding request for more humanitarian aid for Gaza. The Cardinal Patriarch of Jerusalem is asking the faithful to remember to fast and pray on Friday for peace. And Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 11 till. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Stephanie Mann. You can find her online at supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com. She's been running a blog over there on English Catholic history for uh, a number of years. And uh, we've been tapping her wisdom for a number of years as well. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for the, thanks for the conversation. This will be great. It will be. And we're coming up on the anniversary of the canonization of the yes. 40 martyrs of England and Wales. So tell us about uh, when they finally got canonized. Well, actually, they run the numbers. Um, they were canonized 435 years after the first martyrs died and in this group and 291 years after the last martyrs. So from 1535 to 1679, <clears throat> these uh, martyrs run the gamut of the English Reformation and recusant era in, uh, during the reigns, particularly of from Henry VIII to Charles II, so a, a long period of English history. And it's interesting to see why it took so long for them to be canonized. I mean, I'm, I'm in the Diocese of Wichita, Kansas, and we are praying for the canonization for the cause of our uh, great military chaplain, Chaplain Emil Capon, and we're all wanting it now. And <laughs> so you can imagine that there were devotees and those who had great, great devotion to these English martyrs who were going 435 years. This has been a long time that we've been praying and, and, and honoring these men and women and thinking of them as great heroes of the faith. But for one thing, it, England didn't have a hierarchy. There was no bishops to propose a cause. And then even when this canonization took place in 1970, there were kind of interesting ecumenical issues. The uh, Church of England and uh, the Catholic Church had entered into some ecumenical discussions. Pope Paul VI and uh, Michael Ramsey, the Archbishop of Canterbury, had met quite often. So in a way, it's, it's interesting to think of these kind of these two aspects of it. One, they were great heroes and, and great martyrs. And 
two, their canonization took place at a kind of a delicate time in the ecumenical relations between the Church of England and the Catholic Church, because at that time there was a great hope of some kind of unification. Of course, we know that's really kind of fallen apart now because of certain actions of the Church of England, ordaining women as priests and bishops and, and other actions that they've taken that would kind of preclude those some of those discussions from going forward. Yeah, and at the same time, there's been interesting uh, development, you know, with the ordinariate and uh, all the people who have come into yes. the church and kept the Anglican patrimony there. But I'm thinking about the fact yes. that this whole series of late, we've been focusing on Father Bowden's book on mementos yes. of the English confessors and martyrs. And when he wrote this, if I'm not mistaken, none of these people would have been canonized, or at least a bunch of them would not have been canonized, right? Many of, the, many of them were still, in fact, of, of the 40 that, that were canonized in 1970, uh, 20 of those that he discusses in his, in his book or, or presents in his books were still at the venerable stage. They hadn't even been beatified. And so that's kind of remarkable. So when, if, in fact, it, there are six of the 40 martyrs that he doesn't even mention. So because he had a different purpose, you know, he wasn't writing a history of the English martyrdom. He was providing spiritual and more moral guidance to Catholics in the early 20th century who were still under some disabilities uh, under English law. And so he's reminding them of what these men and women, including as we we've, we've noted when we've talked about some of the his uh, models, some of them were not martyrs; they were confessors. They're not saints either, but they were uh, men and women who stood up for the faith and remained true to it, even though they didn't uh, suffer martyrdom. But yes, it's, it's interesting to note that he is writing really before before this great cause had begun for the, these canonizations many years before, because he's writing in, in 1910 and they aren't canonized six, until 60 years later. So it is kind of an interesting uh, matching of, of present and past in, in different kind of different levels. So that's, that's fascinating to me when I think about time and history, but yeah, it's uh, fascinating yes, to me as true. well. You know, yeah. what's also really neat, and I love this in your blog post, I hope people go over to your website from time to time. I hope so, too. Survival, because you have such cool nuggets, and you have actually excerpts from the homily that Pope yes. Paul VI gave when he, uh, you know, did this canonization. I wonder if any of the little excerpts of that jumped out to you. Well, one was that I do highlight is that he did mention this fact that there was a relationship and there were efforts for reunification with the Anglican church. And he said that he, these martyrs were in a way part of the prayers that were going forward for this reunification uh, in some ways that, that we could come together, the church of England and the Catholic church. But, but then what I thought were amazing and, and that I found from another source because it wasn't translated on the Vatican website was the praise he offered the martyrs. He said that they were worthy to stand alongside the greatest martyrs of the past and because of their fearless faith and marvelous constancy, but also because of their humility, simplicity, and serenity, and above all, the spiritual joy and that wondrously radiant love with which they accepted their condemnation and death. And when I think of that, I think of, uh, when I read that, I think of many of the martyrs that we've talked about who made jests as they went along to their uh, martyrdom or uh, argued at the last minute with the, the Protestant minister and, uh, uh, you know, said, 
don't bother me anymore. I, I'm, I'm, conf I've confessed my sin. I'm forgiven, and I'm ready to meet my God. So you know, the, just that kind of spirit that they had. And then he did point out that the reason that they they suffered was because they realized that they, they saw a conflict and they dealt with it. They made a choice. They could either conform to their uh, what their country told them to believe about god and his church or they could form to what their conscience and what the catholic church taught them about what they should believe about god and his church and they chose the as he says their fidelity to god and the dictates of their conscience illumined by the catholic faith and then he does also mention their truly supernatural strength with which they stood for god and how they joyfully confronted martyrdom so those were beautiful words that he used for these these catholic martyrs and i think that's true when you think especially about how we look back on the history of martyrdom that they are worthy to stand alongside the greatest martyrs of the past and in some ways they're models for the greatest martyrs of our era because as many have pointed out i think robert royal even wrote the book said there's been more there were more martyrs in the 20th century to the catholic faith because of those conflicts between church and state well, thank you so much, Stephanie Mann. We've got our link at sunrisemorningshow.com. By the way, while you're there, uh, subscribe by entering your email. You'll get the show notes delivered to your inbox every day. That'll mean links to the guests. You'll be able to tell when they're on. You'll also be able to watch a video live stream because uh, we embed it every day there in the show notes. So check it out, sunrisemorningshow.com. Enter your email and uh, say hello while you're at it. Another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for many of you. It's three minutes till. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult to machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is commemorating the 50th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War. The ceremony is Saturday, October 28th, 2 p.m. at the Veterans Garden at 11,000 Montgomery Road and will feature keynote speakers, presentation of service pins to veterans, and a rosary following the ceremony. Please help honor this generation of brave men and women and their families. More information at gateofheaven.org slash events. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. 
JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. The highest standards, integrity, and best practices are core values at Rainbow International of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, your partners in residential and commercial insurance repair and restoration. Rainbow International, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. 513-271-1000. This is Deacon Mike Erb with St. Ignatius of Loyola Parish in Mumford Heights. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Wednesday, the 25th of October. Let's begin uh, today with a prayer to Our Lady Health of the Sick. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Lady Health of the Sick, I look to you for the comfort of a mother's love. I pray to you on behalf of those who are suffering and for my own healing needs. Mary, your love strengthens me and brings me peace. Our Lady Health of the Sick, embrace all who are emotionally and physically ill, that they may return to good health under your tender care. And please intercede for my own special needs. Mary, your love strengthens me and brings me peace. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Health of the Sick, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you are with us here on a Wednesday morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Uh, Travis is running video, so you can see that and see us in our natural habitats, as it were, in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Philip Michael Tangora will be with us to talk about the Mass as dialogue. Well, it's a whole lot more than a dialogue, and it's not, well, We'll explain what we mean by that because there's been some confusing things going around about that very question. Carlo Broussard will talk about true tolerance uh, with Anna Mitchell. Father Augustine Weta will discuss how to pick our battles better uh, using wisdom from the Desert Fathers. And then later this hour, Pastoral Counselor Kevin Printergast will talk about finding a better uh, group of people to help support you as you try and pursue better mental health habits. So stay with us if you can. News is a service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The top provider of humanitarian aid in the Gaza Strip says it will have to cease operations by the end of the day if it doesn't get more fuel. The UN Relief and Work Agency has said that without additional fuel, it will be unable to distribute any incoming aid that enters Gaza, where about 600,000 people are taking shelter at U.N. facilities. Israel blocked off supplies to Gaza after it was attacked by Hamas on October 7th and has been hitting the Gaza Strip with airstrikes since, displacing more than a million Palestinians. Catholic Relief Services is calling for Congress to quickly approve the funding request from the administration for humanitarian aid for Gaza. 
CRS says in a statement they have witnessed the staggering amount of need as supplies dwindle and food and water become scarce. Pope Francis is making another appeal for peace ahead of the release of a new book-length interview with the Holy Father. From Vatican Radio, Francesca Merlo reports. Horrors, very serious horrors against God and man. This is what wars are to Pope Francis. He once again reiterated his condemnation of the conflicts taking place in the world the day after his Angelus in St. Peter's Square, during which he had already defined them a defeat. On Twitter, too, he writes, We must not become accustomed to war, to any war. We must not allow our hearts and minds to be anesthetized at the repetition of these extremely serious horrors against God and humankind. This appeal is the upteenth coming from Pope Francis, who has denounced war since the beginning of his pontificate, intensifying his appeal in the months of Russian aggression in Ukraine, and now with the tensions in the Middle East and the resurgence of attacks and violence. And in light of the turmoil the world is witnessing, the Pope's words against war are also available now in the book Non Se Solo, You Are Not Alone, Challenges, Answers and Hopes. The book interview was written by journalist Francesca Ambrogetti, former head of ANSA in Argentina, and Sergio Rubin of the daily El Clarín. The book had already been published in February in Argentina under the title El Pastor, The Shepherd, and on Wednesday the Italian edition will be in bookshops with Salani publishers. At the beginning of my pontificate, I affirmed that we were living through a third world war in small pieces. Then I claimed that these pieces had gradually grown larger, and now I think it is all one big piece, the Pope said in a passage of the interview reported by Ansem. War is the result of a serious madness, he said. I am Francesca Merlo. The Georgia Supreme Court is upholding the state's new heartbeat law, latest heartbeat law. The court released the ruling yesterday morning, which sends challenges back to the lower courts. This law was first passed back in 2019 and prohibits abortion at the detection of a fetal heartbeat at about six weeks gestation. The number of abortions in the U.S. is up the year after the Dobbs ruling, but has dropped drastically in states with abortion bans. A new study from the Society of Family Planning's We Count project shows that there were 2,200 more abortions in the 12 months from July of 2022 to June of 23. But the state-by-state numbers are much different. In states with total abortion bans or six-week bans, abortions plummeted by nearly 115,000. In states where it stayed legal, there was a nearly 117,000 increase. Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. Mark Mayfield has more. The low-ranking member of the GOP leadership team became the party's latest nominee Tuesday night after three rounds of voting behind closed doors. Johnson must now secure 217 of the 221 Republican votes on the House floor to win the Speaker's gavel. The House had announced earlier that they would reconvene on the floor Wednesday afternoon. I'm Mark Mayfield. The World Series matchup is now set. The Arizona Diamondbacks are advancing to the World Series for the first time since 2001 after defeating the Phillies 4-2 in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series yesterday. Arizona will now take on the Texas Rangers. Game 1 will be Friday in Arlington. And the Vatican's Secretariat for the Economy is launching a new website for lay people who want to work for the Holy See. Vatican News reports that the process for hiring will be simplified with people able to apply directly for vacant or soon-to-be-vacant positions the website, Matt, do not go.
go applying for anything, but it is www.spe.va. So I'm not going to go applying to that. Good. Anna Mitchell. I don't want you to. For a number of reasons. As a, uh, as a hermit friend of mine likes to say, uh, don't go into the kitchen even in the finest of restaurants. Uh, second of all, like, That's good. I feel That's like good. I feel like I'd fall asleep in meetings. Like that would be my whole my whole thing if I if I had one of those gigs. I'd just fall asleep in meetings all day. They'd be like the synergy of the activity of the journey of the accompaniment of the whatever, and I'd be gone. I'd be out. You'd be done. I'd be out. Yeah. Well, very, you know, you'd be what is it? Concrete. What is it, Pope? Pope St. John the 23rd. How many people work at the Vatican? About half. half. Yeah. So I could be one of the half that worked, maybe. I don't know. Or did. I do work. I would put in the work. <laughs> but I would need some siestas. Probably during, like, the Well, in Rome, those are common, I think. So you might get away with that. Oh. Actually, that might explain a whole lot of stuff. I don't know. I, I know. We should include a siesta in the Sunrise Morning Show, just like you're after your uh, second hour news break. Oh, that's a good out. idea. We just Everybody gets like five minutes. Hey, everyone. It's Sunrise Siesta time. Just catch back up. Not a bad idea. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Philip Michael Tangori. He's a pastor, a canon lawyer, author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Father, good morning. Good morning, everybody. All right, so... I wanted to talk to you about the Mass as dialogue because uh, this is a, a point where there can be a little bit of confusion. I've been to Masses where there was a quote-unquote dialogue homily where it wasn't really like a homily. It was more like a book club. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not okay. Uh, but at the same time, the Mass is meant to be some form of communication between us and God. So how is the best way to understand that? Well, if I could back you up one step beforehand, uh, during the Second Vatican Council, uh, where in their uh, dogmatic constitution on the nature and the purpose of the Church, Lumen Gentium, Articles 18 to 27 really kind of go through this notion of the role of the, uh, the Pope and the Bishop, and the collegiality that is meant to be expressed in the governance of the Church. This was even given further expression in the uh, doctrinal note addended to Lumen Gentium. Uh, and with this, we see that there is this notion within the Church between the College of Bishops, who has the Pope as its head, but is also a member of, and therefore he doesn't ever act separate from the College of Bishops, in the overall governing structure of the Church. And then we have the reality of uh, the laity following their shepherds. And it's in the Mass, in Article 28 of Lumen Gentium, that we see that this perfect synaxis, or synodality, actually is achieved where the shepherd with the flock are all coming together one centered on Jesus Christ, specifically in the Eucharist. And this is for those who are in the ministerial priesthood, the height of the expression of their uh, being the shepherds of the Church. So the Mass 
is the paradigmatic reality of synodality in this sense that there is this interplay between shepherd and flock and the true shepherd, the great, uh, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, all being led together as one. So now there is obviously this hearing, listening, participating uh, reality in the Mass. You know, I think about this a lot uh, because, you know, the whole world is insane, but in all the tabernacles of the world, Jesus Christ keeps vigilance, right? And some keep vigilance with him. And whenever Mass is about to begin, you know, as you are filtering in, you can see people coming from this side of town and that side of town and this neighborhood over here and that neighborhood over there. And this person walked from around the corner and all the people sort of converge walking from different places, but in a sense, always walking together right towards the same destination, which is the, the Eucharist, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, right. The, uh, yeah. Which is the connection ultimately between heaven and earth, which is the final goal which Christ has come down here to bring us towards. So, I mean, I think about this all the time because this you see an image of what this should look like as you watch everybody from your neighborhood filtering into Mass. Exactly. And so obviously there, it, it, to say that it's dialogical, yes, there are components. Uh, even in the Eastern churches, uh, their rites of Mass, in the, in the extraordinary form of the uh, Mass, you have the dialogue. You know, there's, there's a call and responses and stuff like that. So there's there's always been this notion of the fact that you have shepherd and flock, and we are all journeying together as a pilgrim church. So there has to be this understanding. Synodality is a constitutive reality to the nature of the church. I mean, that's always been, and it's actually beautifully expressed. If any of you ever really want to look into the uh, ecclesiology of the Church, I highly recommend that you get Herbert Vorgrimler's commentary on the documents of Vatican II, especially the first edition, which deals with Lumen Gentium, the dogmatic constitution of the Church, because Vorgrimler and those who offer the commentary express beautifully this notion that, you know, the Church has to have it's not about like an autocrat who happens to be the pope. It's not about the pastor of the parish being an autocrat. There has to be this listening. There has to be this exchange. And so even with Cardinal Schomburn's seeing uh, word salad that came out recently, we still understand that, yes, there is this reality where the Eucharist is the epitome of that synaxis, of that synodality. But we realize that there is also the proper role of the shepherd, those who are constituted priests by ordination, and those who are uh, the flock uh, being shepherded, the laity. And I think that that was very interesting that Schomburn chose to use the Eucharist as the paradigm, because that does make a very clear distinction on, in ontological ministry. It it does, uh, and there are a number of things that I, you know, if we weren't out of time, that I'd love to get into with this. Part of this is also there's confusion because when uh, in 2023 in common American parlance, 
we say the word dialogue, uh, one might be led to the impression that, okay, Jesus, you've got some opinions, I've got some opinions, why don't we share them together and meet in the middle somewhere? <laughs> you know, it's not what we mean by dialogue. We mean much more like the Exodus no. and Reditus, right, that you're talking about in your book. Thank um, you, Matt you, know, so, you are my best friend. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, that's all I can think of is that's the real dialogue, right, is we bring our sacrifices to the altar. Christ transforms them, gives them back to us, and we go out. Like, that's the dialogue. But Father exactly. Philip Michael Tangora, have a wonderful day. Thank you for everything you do. We've got your link to sunrisemorningshow.com, and we will talk to you soon. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful week. All right. We're back with headlines right after this. It's a quarter past. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. EWTN's Religious Catalog has terrific suggestions for Christmas gifts. His Angels at Our Side by Father John Horgan unveils the surprising role of the angels in our lives and what you must do to gain their help. His Angels at Our Side book and DVD set is one of many great Christmas gifts from EWTN Religious Catalog. For more, visit EWTNRC.com today. 17 pass. Here's Anna with headlines. Catholic Relief Services is calling for Congress to quickly approve the funding request for humanitarian aid in Gaza. Pope Francis has made another appeal for peace in the Holy Land and around the world ahead of the release of a new book-length interview with the Holy Father. And Post Dobbs, a new project, shows the number of abortions in the U.S. is up but has dropped drastically in states with abortion bans. News at the top and bottom of each day. Uh, each day. Of each hour, day. Of each hours. At the top of your day and the bottom. At the top, top of your of morning, morning and the bottom of your day. Top of the morning. These are the things that happen when it's been a week of, of travel. Travel. Back-to-back weeks of travel and not it's much okay. sleep. But it is, it is St. Crispin's Day. Also, St. Crispian's Yes. So if you don't know much about their story other than hearing Kenneth Branagh like or Oh, it's so good. It's such a good way to celebrate St. Crispin's Day. It's a good yeah, go go watch like the, you know, 
Billy Zane or Kenneth Branagh give give the speech. Uh, but these were um, third century saints. Uh, they were brothers. They evangelized uh, by day. By night, they made shoes and they were uh, martyred uh, again for their faith. And the uh, couple other things I like to mention on their feast day is because of their associations with shoes and shoemaking and all that other stuff. A shoe shine kit is sometimes called a Saint Crispin. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and all that you'd use to poke holes for shoelaces is sometimes called St. Crispin's Lance. Uh, probably not as much anymore. Now tell them your uh, and favorite. Then, and then if your shoes are too tight, you are in St. Crispin's prison. So Me. there you have it. For all you growing boys out there and oh girls my gosh. who are about to go a half size up, but it's not time yet. Yeah, my poor kids are in St. Crispin's prison quite often, and then they just go up a full size so that I don't have to think about it for a little while. That's actually fairly smart. And then it's like St. Crispin's, what would you say, free fall? I don't know. (laughs) Start tripping tripping over their way too big shoes because their mom doesn't have a brain that can, like, keep up with their shoe size. St. Crispin's release on his own recognizance. <laughs> I don't know. My Saint, poor children. St. Crispin's reintroduction to society. You know what? St. Crispin, pray for me. Please pray for me. My poor I'm kids. You, we go through, we're, we're in that age. Agnes we're is. We go through shoes big time. Agnes is just wearing hand-me-downs that have gone through like. I'm my about three, to start wearing hand-me-downs. My three kids and then their cousin as well, like, have I'm all worn some... the shoes that she has on. They don't even Velcro anymore. I'm about to get some some Catholic school uniform regulation shoes that are my size. Cause nice. My son's about to pass me up on feet. Wow. St. Crispin and Crispian, pray, pray for, for us. Pray for us. Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul Cincinnati answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is commemorating the 50th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War. The ceremony is Saturday, October 28th, 2 p.m. at the Veterans Garden at 11,000 Montgomery Road and will feature keynote speakers, presentation of service pins to veterans, and a rosary following the ceremony. Please help honor this generation of brave men and women and their families. More information at gateofheaven.org slash events. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most forgotten people. With our founders and Daniel Combonias and inspiration, we work for the full development of the human person through evangelization, education, and advocacy. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at combonimissionaries.org. That is combonimissionaries.org. Water damage in your home or business? Plumbing and flooding problems not repaired and restored can quickly get worse over time. 
Rainbow International of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can help. Rainbow International, 513-271-1000. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Carlo Broussard is back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers. You can listen to his Sunday Word podcast at mrsundaypodcast.com. You can invite him to speak through catholicanswersspeakers.com. You still do want to speak at parishes, right, Carlo? Absolutely, Anna. I'm always willing, ready, and able to head out and meet with some folks and give some presentations. Always looking forward to it. This man loves to travel, so get him over at CatholicAnswersSpeakers.com. And, Carla, we've been going through your book, The New Relativism, and lately we have been calling out the moral relativism in the societal commandment, thou shalt not be intolerant. Um, I know you are not opposed to toleration per se, but it needs to be properly understood toleration, correct? That is correct, yes. So if we define tolerance in according to what I call the egalitarian tolerance definition, which is the tolerance viewed within our modern society, namely all lifestyle choices are equal and valid, then we reject it. But if we define tolerance in, uh, according to the version of what philosopher John Canassus calls fraternal tolerance, then we can promote it and accept it. And fraternal tolerance basically is your common sense, you know, man on the street understanding of tolerance, where we respect a person's freedom to hold his belief and even to make certain lifestyle choices that one might consider wrong without the threat of physical coercion. Right. So on this view of tolerance, you can't be labeled intolerant for disapproving, for example, of life choices celebrated with the LGBTQ plus movement, because disapproving of those lifestyle choices necessarily belongs to the essence of tolerance. (laughs) You know, and so you can see the stark contrast between this view of tolerance and modern society's view of tolerance, which does not allow you to disagree. But in order to have true tolerance, according to the common sense understanding of tolerance, it necessarily belongs to it to disagree with certain beliefs and or lifestyle choices. So uh, what so, does this look uh, like so from a – sorry, let me jump in here. Let, let, uh, where, yeah. how, what does this look like from a, from a practical standpoint? I mean, where is that line between – true tolerance and like acceptance of something that we know to be objectively bad and harmful. Yeah, so what you're drawing out here is the difference or the distinction to be made between social tolerance and social approval. And it's the latter that our modern contemporary culture is going for, namely social approval. But fraternal tolerance can be consistent social tolerance. So, for example, Anna, um, take sodomy, take same-sex sexual activity, right? So our modern culture wants all of us to approve that sort of human behavior, accept it, and celebrate it. Now, we disagree with that. That's the modern version of tolerance, right? The egalitarian tolerance. Approve it. But we reject that. But what we can accept is a social tolerance 
a fraternal tolerance of that human behavior in the sense that we are, it would be it would bring about more harm and a grave evil to try and be intolerant of that sort of activity in the sense of policing it because you would have in order to police such human behavior you would violate the great good of privacy and more evil would be brought about than the permission and the toleration the true sense of that sort of behavior but that social tolerance of permitting that sort of behavior without the threat of barging into people's homes and in their rooms to see what they're doing in the privacy of their bedroom uh, that tolerance does not equate with or entail approval, you see. Mm -hmm. So there are some human behaviors that society can tolerate, even though we think it is wrong and evil. Now contrast that, Anna, with other human behaviors that society cannot tolerate and must be policed, and that is behaviors that would undermine the common good and the social order of the society, namely people going around stealing people's cars, people going around killing innocent people, those sorts of behaviors that can be policed and can and liberty can be limited with regard to those behaviors. And so I think this provides a nice contrast, an example of what it might look like to have a fraternal tolerance, a true tolerance of an evil, a behavior we think is evil, and an intolerance and I might add a justified intolerance of some behaviors that we consider to be evil but have the effect of undermining the common good and the social order. Well, you use in the book the example of the church with heretics. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah, that would be another example where we you, you could have a situation where heretics are present, right, and we – Heresy, without a doubt, is false, and it's harmful, yet yet it's reasonable to think that violent coercion to get someone to renounce heresy would only perpetrate further harm and falsehood, because faith by its nature is voluntary. We want people to understand that. So for someone to reject heresy involuntarily and embrace the truth wouldn't be faith. So you can, you can see the good in a social order where heresy is present and we disagree with it, but we would tolerate it without the threat of physical coercion. And that would be a good that we could pursue. And so that would be an example like sodomy of an evil that society permits, but does not approve of. Right, right. There's a lot of prudence that needs to be taken uh, in these situations. The book is called The New Relativism. You can find it at Catholic Answers Press and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button while you're there. Carlo, thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. Have a great day. You do the same. Thank you. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The U.S. is warning Iran against escalating the war between Israel and Hamas. While addressing the U.N. Security Council yesterday, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. will respond decisively if Iran or its proxies carry out attacks on U.S. personnel in the Middle East. He called on leaders to tell Iran in public and private not to open another front in the Israel conflict. Blinken also updated the number of Americans killed when Hamas attacked Israel earlier this month to 33. The Cardinal Patriarch of Jerusalem is asking the faithful to remember to fast and pray on Friday for peace. 
From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. The observance comes 10 days after churches across the world united in prayer on October the 17th. In a letter addressed to the diocese, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem highlights the importance of prayer and penance at a time when everything seems to speak of death and endless hatred. The message once again condemns in unequivocal terms Hamas attack on Israel. My conscience and moral duty require me to state clearly that what happened on October the 7th in southern Israel is in no way permissible and we cannot but condemn it, the Patriarch said. At the same time, with equal clarity, the head of the Latin Church in Jerusalem condemns the indiscriminate violence against civilians in the Gaza Strip. Cardinal Pizzaballa continues the letter by remarking that it is only by ending decades of occupation and its tragic consequences as well as giving a clear and secure national perspective to the Palestinian people that a serious peace process can begin. Unless this problem is solved at its roots, he stresses, there will never be the stability we all hope for. The Patriarch of Jerusalem therefore urges a more serious commitment in this regard from religious and political leaders, civil society and the international community. This, he says, is the only way to avoid other tragedies like the one we are experiencing now. I am Lisa Zingarini. The number of abortions in the U.S. is up in the year after the Dobbs ruling, but has dropped drastically in states with abortion bans. Brian Shook reports. A new report from the Society of Family Planning's We Count project shows that there were 2,200 more abortions in the 12 months from July 2022 to June 2023. But the state-by-state numbers are much different. In states with total abortion bans or six-week bans, abortions plummeted by nearly 115,000. In states where it stayed legal, there was a nearly 117,000 increase. I'm Brian Shook. The Georgia Supreme Court is upholding the state's heartbeat law. The court released the ruling yesterday morning, which sends challenges back to the lower courts. A Category 5 hurricane has slammed into the coast of Mexico. The center of Hurricane Otis made landfall near Acapulco shortly after midnight with sustained winds of 165 miles per hour. The National Hurricane Center said Otis is expected to weaken as it moves over the mountains but warns it could cause devastating damage along the coast, including storm surge, flooding, and mudslides. In Washington, Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. He became the party's latest nominee last night after three rounds of voting behind closed doors. A vote to try to confirm him is expected at noon Eastern on the House floor. The United Auto Workers Union is widening its strike against Detroit's big three automakers. Mark Mayfield reports. The union announced on Tuesday that about 5,000 workers at GM's Arlington Assembly Plant in Texas will hit the picket lines. The walkout came just hours after the automaker released its third quarter earnings results that came in above expectations. The total number of workers around the country off the job is now above 40,000. UAW President Sean Fain said it's time that GM workers and the whole working class get their fair share. I'm Mark Mayfield. The World Series matchup is now set. The Arizona Diamondbacks are advancing to the World Series for the first time since 2001 after defeating the Philadelphia Phillies 4-2 in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. Last night, Arizona will now take on 
the Texas Rangers. Game one is Friday in Arlington. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values. From Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click Angels List. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on the St. Crispin's Day, Wednesday, October the 25th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Looks like it's going to be pretty nice today again. Right now, temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly cloudy today. There's an isolated rain chance with a high of 75 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 56. Mostly cloudy with another slight rain chance tomorrow and high of 76 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mix of clouds and sun. Slight chance of a light shower today, a high of 73 Overcast tonight with an overnight low of 58, partly sunny tomorrow, and a high of 75. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 9, 10 a.m. Subscribe to our show notes at sacredheartradio.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, and thank we thank you for being with us on this Wednesday, October the 25th. We're joined now by Father Augustine Weta, who is the author of Pray, Think, Act, Make Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers. It's a collection of great wisdom uh, from the fathers on various uh, really practical things that a lot of us have to deal with on a daily basis. Father, how are you? I'm well, thanks. That's some pretty groovy theme music you got going there. I noticed. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, uh, get you, get you going, morning. Got to get into the groove of the conversation here, and this one is a. Uh, this was a huge <laughs> conversation, and one that I need a ton of yeah. help with. So I'm looking forward to your monk story. Uh, so let's start <laughs> off with a multi-headed dragon uh, here to kick things off. Yeah, it's a little uh, it's a little violent the metaphor, but we'll it may be a little early in the morning for this, but we're gonna go for it anyway. Um, a brother asks an old monk, "What shall I do for the temptations that war against me are many, and I do not know how to fight against them?" And the old man said to him, "This is one demon with many heads." Do not try to fight them all at once. Attack one head, and the others will bleed out. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, I, for so I, many I, reasons, by the way, uh, and, and part of it is because I think that it can be very 
very frustrating for those of us who have a lot of irons in the fire, as it were, who have a lot of plates spinning and thinking that like mm-hmm. we've got to slay all the dragons simultaneously and often what that happens is it means that we don't ever really, ever actually give our attention to any of those heads or at least that's my issue right right and some of those dragons you're just never gonna slay anyway i mean i i, I have quit worrying about politics altogether. it's it's just i'm never gonna slay that dragon I'll let the Cardinals and the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops handle that. But as for me, I've I've got enough trouble just keeping my classroom under control. <laughs> so well, reduce, and yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say yeah. in, in regard to that, uh, I, what? And you probably have a lot better monastic wisdom on this than than I can muster <laughs> up. But it seems like. Uh, that a lot of times when it comes to these multi-headed dragons, a lot of the heads are things that are actually not something I have control of, not something that affects my day-to-day life in any meaningful way. They are things that I worry about, but the things that are actually the heads I can chop off are stuff like, I'm going to get this laundry done tonight, so we got something to wear to school tomorrow. Like that's That's a dragon I can slay. That's a head I can chop off. I can't figure out this other stuff that's remote, even though that's the thing that tends to occupy most of my brain space if I'm not careful. Yeah, that's true. Well, and, and most of your internet time, I find I've got. I'm trying to talk my own students into giving up social media uh, because the more the more YouTube I watch, and I'm a monk, uh, the more I the more distressed I become about the state of the world. Um, but you know, the, the main thing is that you know we have a tendency, as you said, to to complicate questions and issues that could easily be reduced to something simple. Um, I know during my novitiate, I, I went to one of the older monks and I said, look, I'm leaving. And he said, okay, are you leaving today? <laughs> and I said, uh, well, no. He said, well, then be a good monk today and, and uh, leave tomorrow. Um, and then he pulled out uh, his, his Bible as, old monks are wont to do, and he found the passage about the man born blind, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure it must have been a teenager because he's so smart, Alec. Um, and, uh, you know, Jesus cures him. He doesn't even bother to go back and thank Jesus afterwards, typically. Um, and then when the Sanhedrin questions him, his only answer is, uh, I don't know. I mean, the guy healed me. I, I was born blind. Now I can see. He's saying, well, don't you know this guy's a heretic? Well, I don't know. I, I was born blind. Now I can see. And they keep questioning him. They finally beat him up. And he and, and, and even then he doesn't even go looking for Jesus. Jesus has to find him. And uh, and he says, uh, he says uh, do you know who the Son of Man is? And the kid, of course, says, oh, I don't know. And uh, and Jesus says, you're looking at him. And and then the scriptures tell us he fell down and worshipped him. And this old monk said to me, look, this little, this kid, he's got very little going for him. <laughs> he's not very charismatic. He isn't very intelligent, apparently. But he does stick to the facts. He, may, he, he When he sees something true, he recognizes it. He says, I was born blind, now I can see. Okay, he's got that much. So when Jesus confronts him with that, 
that's the only issue in his mind. Maybe he just isn't very bright, but he's really good at making decisions because he only has to focus on that one issue. I was born blind. Now I can see the man who did it is standing in front of me. He's obviously good. All right, that's it. I'm in. (laughs) You know, what's interesting is that I'm so glad you brought up his case because I think that there is uh, some illusion among uh, the more pious among us who would say, (laughs) you know, the saints, uh, you know, the great figures in biblical history, they made these decisions that they knew were going to work out terribly for them because they just had faith in the Lord. And that's not exactly true. Like Abraham you know, didn't know how it was going to work, but he was making a calculated decision. I could do what I'm doing right now, or I could be promised, uh, you know, generations of descendants and a land of promise, right? Noah's like, right. well, you know, I could die or I could follow God, <laughs> right? All these yeah. people in history, they're making a calculated decision that is going to be very practically beneficial for them in the eternally long run. I mean, these are all very practical and simple and straightforward things. They're like, all right. I mean, even Peter, when he says, well, everybody's wandering away. Well, Lord, I don't know where, I'm also, where else I'm going to go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the smart play is with you. It's like the most half-hearted confession of faith ever. <laughs> like, well, I would go somewhere else, but, uh, you know, I just don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, it, it's it, we do have a tendency to just complicate things. In fact, the the very next thing that the monk said, I told the monk who was reading this passage to me, I said, well, how do I know it's God's will for me to be here? And he said, well, you know, you're not somewhere else. (laughs) Which, again, is just a a very monastic way of weeding out all those extra, well, demon heads and getting to the one that's really bothering you. I mean, yeah, the key like, is to reduce the question to its most basic elements, right? Well, uh, I mean, you know, I think I've I've heard people say this, uh, you know, to other married people before. It's like I don't know what God will God's will is for for my life, and you know, the priest would say back, "Well, are you married? Do you have kids? <laughs> well, at least part of God's will is be a decent husband and father. So work on that." <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's. I mean, even even as a yeah, you would think that taking a vow of uh, obedience would simplify things, but then immediately, you know, you you complicate you complicate it. Even even the old monks. In fact, one of them said to me once, uh, you know, I gave up everything in my life to pray, so my life ought to be really simple. But I find any excuse I can now to skip prayers if I can, and yeah, it's true that. Well, we're going to be plagued by demons no matter what we do, aren't we? But So we might as well fight them one at a time. That makes a lot of sense to me, Father Augustine. <laughs> We've got your book, Pray, Think, Act, Make Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. It's a fantastic resource. It's a fun read and actually a very practical read as well. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. God bless. All right. We're back after this. It's 14 till. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. 
Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. Are you prepared to vote? Catholics must form their consciences by church teaching. It's not a matter of personal decision about good or evil, but upon the objective moral order willed by God, binding on human beings, and known through reason and divine revelation. Be prepared to vote your faith this November. Visit EWTN.com vote for everything Catholic voters need to know before picking up a ballot. Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Join us later today on Catholic Answers Live as we do our best to explain and defend the Catholic faith. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, who's got lots of experience in the classroom, but also in private practice. Kevin, good morning. Thank you, Matt. Of course, we're talking um, through Mental Health Month, and, and you've got some thoughts on how to get a good helper in your mental health situation, but what are some good sort of foundational things to think about as part of this? Yeah, so even if we don't have a mental health disorder, a diagnosable mental health disorder, uh, life can just get too much for us at sometimes, and it can be overwhelming, and we don't know what to do. And so just a couple of thoughts, but and there's a lot of research on this, too. I'll try to boil it down. I had three key things is we want, whether it's a friend, a spiritual director, a confessor, a therapist, a physician, an accountability partner, a sponsor, uh, there's some things that are really in common with all those. So what makes a good helper? So there's three things that struck me, Matt. One is is true empathy. The second one is the ability to challenge. And the third one is that helping should lead into action. Right, so I got to I got to do something. So what do I mean by that first one? By empathy. So first of all, whoever it is, if I talk to somebody and they just come out of the gate and hit me over the head with a, a bludgeon and tell me what I'm doing wrong or that I'm just feeling sorry for myself or get over it, quit crying over spit milk or try to give me all kinds of unrequested un- suggestions, right? Some sometimes people. Even counselors will bombard a person with, you could do this, you could do that, you could do that. That's not a place to start. So first of all, I, I need to know just by the person's presence that they care about me, that they genuinely are here for me, they respect me, uh, even if I'm different from them, that they want to hear what's going on, and that they're a good listener. So one of the problems we have in counseling is people get taught not to be directive 
uh, in a lot of the graduate programs. But then sometimes that leads to another problem is they just sit there. <laughs> they don't say anything. So I need somebody who's going to engage in a dialogue with me, not just sit there in silence. And that they truly listen. They understand. I get the sense just from how they are, their look on their face, but also that they maybe maybe they reflect back and they put into their own words what they've heard me say. All of that builds a sense of connection and rapport, and I see that they're they're empathetic. They care about me. The second one that would be challenge. <clears throat> so a friend of mine, my actually my spiritual director, always tells me, you know, Kevin. Uh, Empathy and sympathy are two different things. So sometimes it's really good to have friends, like just complaint friends, buddies, you know, that we complain about the world about, and they just tell us how awful everybody else is and how great we are, and they got our back, okay? All of us need that at times. But that's sympathy, that somebody's just taking our position. It gets to be dangerous if I go and complain to a lot of other people about my spouse or about my boss, and they simply take my side, Right, so that's more sympathy. They're just aligning with me. So we start with the empathy. We have to feel this person hears me, they care about me, but they care about enough about me that they will challenge. So they say, well, have you thought about it this way? You know, maybe you're only looking at one part of the situation with your boss or your coworker or your, your uh, adult child, right? And they say, you know, maybe there's a wider perspective. That's uncomfortable, and some of us as friends or counselors or spiritual directors, we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. We want them to like us, but on the other hand, a good friend, a good uh, listener, a good helper is going to push us a little bit to see things from a different point of view and to build yeah. up our courage to chat, to, de- to deal with things, right? You know, it's interesting as you're talking about this, I can't help but think about our Lord, right, uh, and Jesus as such a you know, a perfect model of all this, because, you know, I hear some people who, you know, they're just confrontational all the time. And they're like, well, Jesus was confrontational. And then mm-hmm. I know some people who don't confront anybody about anything and just, you know, don't ask anybody to change anything about their lives. Cause they're like, well, Jesus met people where they are. I'm like, well, he actually, he did all those things. Uh, but he mostly first and foremost saw the situation, <laughs> right. And yeah. saw what that person specifically that was in front of him needed in that situation. And, you know that that to me is is you know one of the one of the genius things about his earthly ministry. Yeah, and that's how we can cooperate with grace. So somebody helps us. But two examples from the scriptures that you bring it up. So Jesus with the Jerusalem demoniac cast out the demons into the pigs, right? So it's a very dramatic story. But then he says, you know, the guy wants to go with Jesus, and he says, no, you go back to your community because he's alienated. He hasn't been connected with his family his village, his community, go back there and preach the good news. And then in John 8, uh, the wonderful story of the woman caught in adultery, he he cares about her. He protects her from being stoned to death. I'm not going to condemn you, but go and sin no more. So think about it. You know, that's I always think as a counselor, like, well, okay, that's pretty hard because she's got to go back to her village where everybody knows that she's cheated on her husband. She's got to go back to her husband. She's got to break off the relationship with her affair partner. She has to rebuild trust in the marriage. Uh, She has to put up with the scorn and the contempt of her neighbors and maybe her kids and relatives. So that's a tough task is like go and sin no more and try to put your life back together. So that's what a good helper should do is listen to me, be empathetic, challenge me to look at things from a different point of view, and then 
point out some action steps, help me to develop some next steps, some sane responses that, you know, maybe I need to make amends. And, and sometimes the action is just to suffer uh, with grace and dignity, right? So that, you know, the cancer's not going to go away and you know, my loved one's in hospice. So there's really, like, what do I do? Well, we bear up with that and not get resentful, bitter, lose our faith and trust in the Lord. Well, those are, those are action steps. We have to take some, uh, some, some behavioral steps there. A friend of mine is fond of saying, uh, there's a lot that's out of our control. Maybe most things are out of our control, the economy, the world situation, uh, other people in my life, but I'm never helpless. So if I bring that to God, like, God, I'm not helpless. I know that if you are with me and give me the grace and strength, you can help me to deal with the situation or to take some constructive action to make it better. And a good helper can point us that way. It's just not me and God or me all by myself. But if I've got people in my community, my parish, uh, people I trust, and it only takes one person. I've got, go, got one person that I can tell everything to, and they have those qualities. That can really help me, along with God's grace, to make, make things better and deal with things. Well, thanks so much, Pastoral Counselor Kevin Prendergast. You can find him linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. While you're there, enter your email and subscribe to the show notes. You'll get them delivered to your inbox daily. You'll be able to see who's on the radio and when. Get links to all their things, and you can even watch the video live stream while you're there. Anna Mitchell, I'm just looking through the course of this morning. And, you know, first half of this hour, we're talking all kinds of, like, philosophical and liturgical and theological stuff. The last half of the hour, it was all, like, super practical stuff with Father Augustine and Mm -hmm. Kevin. We're a Catholic Uh, variety show because... Is that what it is? Catholicism can touch all aspects of life. Can and should. Can and does. It does. Indeed. We should recognize it. Yes. So at any rate, hope you uh, are able to blend the theoretical and the practical, the contemplative and the active well in your day as it moves forward. We'll be back again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective. SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community. And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life. So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the tri-state since 1979, Stegman landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape, making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Justin at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at FortMitchellGarage.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ken Herbert Plumbing. Ken Herbert Plumbing, a drain cleaning specialist, uses color drain cameras to help find and fix drainage issues. Ken Herbert Plumbing, for residential and commercial plumbing repair. 513-383-2974. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's a new day. Hear his Continuing our way on this Wednesday, October the 25th, it's St. Crispin's Day, the Feast of St. Crispin and Crispian. Let's begin this hour praying from the Liturgy of the Hours. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ has given us the light of another day. In return, we thank him as we cry out, Lord, bless us and bring us close to you. You offered yourself in sacrifice for our sins accept our intentions and our work today. You bring us joy by the light of another day. Let the morning star rise in our hearts. Give us strength to be patient with those we meet today and so imitate you. Make us aware of your mercy this morning, Lord, and let your strength be our delight. All-powerful and ever-living God, at morning, noon, and evening we pray, cast out from our hearts the darkness of sin, and bring us to the light of your truth. Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Hour 3 of the Sunrise Morning Show here exclusively for our Sacred Heart Radio audience listening on 740 AM, 910 AM. Good morning to everyone listening online and via the Sunrise Morning Show app. Very happy to have you along with us no matter how you listen. I'm Anna Mitchell. Paul Lockman will be along with a sports report coming up after the news. And up this hour, Laura Straitman joins us with our weekly look at news of interest to the pro-life community. We'll talk to Father Robert Nixon about another virtue as uh, described by St. Albert the Great in the book that he translated, Paradise of the Soul. Rita Heikenfeld will join us from abouteating.com, and Chris McGregor will close things out for us this hour, taking a look at what we just read from Morning Prayer, 
We'll look at the Office of Readings, our selection for this week from the Office of Readings with Chris McGregor at the end of the hour. Hope you can stick around and enjoy the entire hour ahead. Two minutes past, news is a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. The U.S. is warning Iran against escalating the war between Israel and Hamas. While addressing the U.N. Security Council yesterday, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. will respond decisively if Iran or its proxies carry out attacks on U.S. personnel in the Middle East. Meanwhile, Catholic Relief Services is calling for Congress to quickly approve the funding request from the administration for more humanitarian aid for the Gaza Strip. CRS says in a statement, quote, we stand at a critical juncture with the lives of millions of our brothers and sisters at stake, a reality that beckons us to act swiftly and decisively to prevent untold suffering. With ongoing emergency efforts in both Gaza and Ukraine, we at CRS have witnessed the staggering amount of need as supplies dwindle and food and water become scarce, end quote. Meanwhile, the U.N. Relief and Work Agency has said they are about to run out of fuel, and without it, they will be unable to distribute any incoming aid that enters Gaza. Pope Francis is making another appeal for peace ahead of the release of a new book-length interview with the Holy Father. From Vatican Radio, Francesca Merlo reports. Horrors, very serious horrors against God and man. This is what wars are to Pope Francis. He once again reiterated his condemnation of the conflicts taking place in the world the day after his Angelus in St. Peter's Square, during which he had already defined them a defeat. On Twitter, too, he writes, We must not become accustomed to war, to any war. We must not allow our hearts and minds to be anesthetized at the repetition of these extremely serious horrors against God and humankind. This appeal is the upteenth coming from Pope Francis, who has denounced war since the beginning of his pontificate, intensifying his appeal in the months of Russian aggression in Ukraine, and now with the tensions in the Middle East and the resurgence of attacks and violence. And in light of the turmoil the world is witnessing, the Pope's words against war are also available now in the book Non Sei Solo, You Are Not Alone, Challenges, Answers and Hopes. The book interview was written by journalist Francesca Ambrogetti, former head of ANSA in Argentina, and Sergio Rubin of the daily El Clarín. The book had already been published in February in Argentina under the title El Pastor, The Shepherd, and on Wednesday the Italian edition will be in bookshops with Salani publishers. At the beginning of my pontificate, I affirmed that we were living through a third world war in small pieces. Then I claimed that these pieces had gradually grown larger, and now I think it is all one big piece, the Pope said in a passage of the interview reported by Ansem. War is the result of a serious madness, he said. I am Francesca Merlo. The number of abortions in the U.S. is up in the year after the Dobbs ruling, but has dropped drastically in states with abortion bans. A new report from the Society of Family Planning's We Count project shows there were 2,200 more abortions in the 12 months between July of 2022 and June of 2023. But the state-by-state numbers are much different. In states with total abortion bans or heartbeat laws in effect, abortions plummeted by nearly 115,000. The states where it stayed legal, in the states where it stayed legal, there was a nearly 117,000 increase. 
the Georgia Supreme Court is upholding the state's heartbeat law. The court released the ruling yesterday morning, which sends challenges back to the lower courts. Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. Mark Mayfield reports. The low-ranking member of the GOP leadership team became the party's latest nominee Tuesday night after three rounds of voting behind closed doors. Johnson must now secure 217 of the 221 Republican votes on the House floor to win the Speaker's gavel. The House had announced earlier that they would reconvene on the floor Wednesday afternoon. I'm Mark Mayfield. And a Category 5 hurricane has slammed into the coast of Mexico, the center of Hurricane Otis, made landfall near Acapulco shortly after midnight with sustained winds of 165 miles per hour. The National Hurricane Center says Otis is expected to weaken as it moves over the mountains, but still could cause devastating damage. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. The World Series is now set, as uh, you have already reported so many times this morning. But I'll tell you, in case you haven't heard, the Arizona Diamondbacks are advancing to the World Series for the first time since 2001. Arizona defeated the Philadelphia Phillies by the final score of 4-2 to in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. Rookie sensation Corbin Carroll led the charge. He had three hits, two RBIs in the series-clinching victory. Diamondbacks will face the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Game one set to take place in Arlington Friday night. One of the top managers in all of baseball sounds like he's stepping down. Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker told multiple people that 2023 will be his last season with the Astros. Uh, Manager uh, Baker managed this season on a one-year contract, and uh, Astros were eliminated by the Rangers on uh, Monday, so uh, good to know that uh, a great great career there by uh, Dusty Baker. In case you're wondering, he did spend six years with the uh, Cincinnati Reds, 509 wins as the manager, and as overall, he claimed three pennants and one World Series crown. Obviously, uh, none of those were Not with Cincinnati, Reds, but sadly, yeah. So uh, and never won a game seven. Wildly enough. Uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then I also saw another uh, fun stat. Poor Milwaukee Brewers. Um, They've been to the playoffs. That is not a phrase that I ever say. Fair enough. Okay. Well, you're right, especially on a week when Ohio State plays Wisconsin. Yeah. But uh, so um, the Milwaukee Brewers have been to the playoffs nine times, Anna Mitchell. The team that they've played or knocked them out of of the playoffs has gone to the World Series. So how about that? Yeah. Every single time. It goes through the Brewers. It goes through the Brewers. So uh, I believe 82, they were they were in the World Series and lost to the Cardinals. 82. Yeah, they were in the American League back then. Wild. Oh, that's weird. I know. It's, baseball's changed. It's a different game. It's a different game than what we may remember as I wonder kids. when the Brewers moved to the National League. I don't remember It was in that. the 90s. It was like uh, 90... I guess that makes sense. I started paying attention maybe in 1990. I don't know. 90... Kind of. I was in first grade uh, yeah, when I... we went to the World Series. That's a, that's a, good, uh, that's a good question. I'm but not... I don't remember the Brewers not being in the National League. So. How about that? Well, not the more you know. But of course, know. I wasn't like aware, aware. Fair. Of all of that stuff. Yeah, and besides, who's really... I just really... wanted the Reds to win. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. 
All right, let's get to traffic now. On a Wednesday, traffic a service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at oh at LarkinCobb.com. Nearly turned my turn mic your off. mic down before wild, you. Wild, wild, wild times. It's kind of a mess out there right now. Southbound 71, there's an accident at Stewart that has stop-and-go traffic back toward Fields Ertle, so probably about a 30-minute delay right now. Uh, outer loop of 275 in that area going west and north. You're going to be slowing from Ward's Corner up to the 71 interchange. Southbound 75 is slowing from uh, Union Center Boulevard down through the Lachlan split. Then in northern Kentucky, um, there's a disabled vehicle block in the right lane just before the Brent Spence Bridge. But then there's some disabled vehicles that are on the shoulder leading up to that. All in all, you are solidly slow Back to Mall Road, and the traffic map is telling me probably an hour delay right now. And uh, folks getting off on 275, so you're running slow. Uh, On westbound 275 at the bottom of the loop from Madison Pike over toward Mineola Pike, northbound 471 is slowing from uh, 275 up to the river. Now for weather, mostly cloudy skies with an isolated rain chance in Cincinnati today with a high of 75 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 56. Mostly cloudy with a slight rain chance tomorrow and a high of 76 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, clouds and some sun today. Slight chance of a light shower to the north, a high of 73. Overcast tonight with a low around 58. Partly sunny tomorrow and high of 75 degrees. Today is Wednesday, October the 25th. We few, we happy few, celebrating the feast of St. Crispin and Crispian. Pray for us. Laura Streetman back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show from Cincinnati Right to Life. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. It was so good to see you last week. Oh, it was so great to see you on Thursday as well. Nanny, I mean, we just thank you for your voice and your leadership for life and not only being a great Catholic radio host, but a terrific MC for such a moving event as ours. I mean, it was a deep event and you did a great job handling it. Oh my gosh, Um, Laura, I am still overwhelmed by the evening. It was so good. Why don't you tell listeners about it? Right. Well, our sold-out crowd of over 700 were blessed to have you, and thank you for leading our way as we honored the 50th anniversary, you know, of the Wilkie-sounding Cincinnati Right to Life. And, of course, we only looked back briefly, and we, you know, just made note, of course, of the battle ahead. And Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, he warmed up the crowd with his beautiful music and stories of his family and father being friends with our founder, Dr. Wilkie, and what a gifted musical artist. Oh, and you know, Annie, I mean, people really enjoyed as they were waiting for dinner. We had the art display from the children's art contest we have every year, and hundreds of people were just ooing and eyeing and admiring the art that the children make, you know, proclaiming the truth of life. So that was really special to see, too. And Mark Houck was with us and his holy, holy presentation of his ordeal of being arrested by the FBI from an altercation on the sidewalk. Um, They had settled. It was really a misdemeanor. And then, you know, the FBI raided his home. Many people are aware that he received a standing ovation. And his presentation just reached the deepest part of our hearts as he compared the persecution, which 
he, of course, said was minor compared to Christ's walk, but he compared it to the Stations of the Cross um, and Christ's suffering. And, you know, yes, at this time in history, we are all being called to ask for stand for life. And it truly seems miraculous that Mark was found not guilty, and uh, just he acknowledged the prayers from around the world, and it's such a testimony of our faith. Yep, yep. Um, and it, that was, you know, we all thought, okay, wow, on that one. And then Dr. Burchowski, Dr. John Burchowski, was so gentle and had such a story of mercy. Uh, his conversion from performing late-term abortions to an authentic Catholic physician and treating two patients, not one, was also tear-jerking. Um, the evidence of God and Our Lady in Dr. John's life is just so powerful. You can feel it. And what a blessing and what a time to hear Dr. John share these procedures he performed that will become legal in Ohio if we do not stop this amendment that's trying to be enshrined. And then, and then I know, just when as we if thought that our, weren't our, enough, I know our emotions, right? Rebecca Kiesling, founder of Save the One, which is a ministry to support those conceived in rape who are living beautiful lives. Um, it acknowledges the dignity and value of their worth. Um, and her witness, again, of love and mercy and miracles was just a blessing to all in the room. And she's absolutely convincing on why exceptions in abortion laws are uh, completely unjust. And as an attorney in Michigan, she shared the state of her state and the horrible undoings of safety laws being attempted there. You know she what really, really struck me? I mean, there were so many things that struck me in her testimony, um, being somebody who was conceived after her mother was raped and um, was that this is something that I just never thought about, how she talked about, you know, the 10-year-old um, here in Ohio, the rape victim that went to Indiana to to get an abortion and how that doctor used that for, you know, whatever. Well, set that aside, but talked about how the child, the unborn child conceived in rape is the savior in this because it exposes the crime that is so easily covered up by abortion. You are absolutely right absolutely and for listeners who don't know her story too she was conceived by a serial rapist that they had been trying to catch for years so she ended up thinking for her life saving other women her mother oh all of it i mean her entire testimony i had not heard you know her mother had tried to abort her twice and and when she met her birth mother she was saved by the law Yes, yes, and she kept saying it was the law that saved her life and emphasized how the laws in Ohio save lives and we cannot let this happen. And there was so much. We could have heard her many times, right? There's so many layers to her story as each one of these speakers. Yep, absolutely. Um, So, and speaking of Michigan, you've got a little bit of an update for, for us there. Right. There's just a lot of news out of Michigan, and we need to pay attention. It's a foreshadowing of what could happen in Ohio. Their state legislature, who is very, very pro-abortion, it's in the battle there to pass the Reproductive Health Act, which is a bill that will undo all the laws that are in place to protect women during an abortion decision. Hmm. These laws, of course, are similar to Ohio, you know, with a 24-hour waiting period and health and safety regulations and education 
for the mothers as they're making these decisions, as well as the prevention of tax dollars from paying for abortion. Yeah, and we must pray for Michigan that some of the party members who usually side with advancing abortion, they're actually holding out their vote. So this is harder for them to pass than they thought. But this is what's to come in Ohio Yeah, if we do not defeat issue one. We are in real trouble here. And that, Rebecca emphasized that because she's living it in Michigan. And um, it's really powerful to see some of these lawmakers that are saying that this just goes too far. Like, wait a minute, this is not what their Proposition 3 was supposed to do. And I think that's what's going to happen here if, God forbid, we don't win. And we have a real chance of winning. This is neck and neck, everyone. We, I truly believe in my heart we're going to win this. But if for some reason we don't, Michigan is the foreshadowing of what would happen. Well, Laura, to that end, can you talk about what Cincinnati Right to Life has been doing lately? Now, just we're less than two weeks away from Election Day. Exactly. Well, we've got a hard-hitting television commercial that will begin airing, whether it's later today or tomorrow, and that will go through the election. And it is um, it'll be on all the network stations, the four local network stations. So pay attention and watch because it's it's heart wrenching. And we are door knocking. Uh, we have Super Saturdays. We've increased our billboards. Donors are stepping up, saying, what can I do to help? Please increase your airtime. Get these billboards up. We're doubling down on all of our efforts between today and November 7th to educate Ohioans on what's at stake. We still have yard signs. We have the big banners. We're making phone calls. Um, you know, we're passing out flyers. And we will have more cards that we gave away at our banquet. We're asking everyone to try to convince five people you meet along the way to educate them on how severe this is for our state. So we are just going to be doing this again 24-7. We're invoking Padre Pio, you know, who could buy Locate. We need to try Locate or Quad Locate all of the (laughs) pro-lifers now between now and November 7th. And just please pray for everyone involved across the state of Ohio. And a couple of prayerful events still going on, of course, is 40 Days for Life. And then there's going to be another opportunity to pray the steps ahead of Election Day. Exactly. Friday, November 3rd, on the um, steps of Mount Adams, uh, a week from this Friday, join us. It's 6 p.m. This time it's going to be at 6 p.m. as we pray the steps. We had over 100 people last time, and let's just pack those steps like it's Good Friday on the Friday before the election, as we beg our Lord and our Lady to please, Mary, throw your mantle over Ohio and keep this horrific law out of our state. And you can get more information at CincinnatiRightToLife.org, which is linked at SunriseMorningShow.com. Laura Streetman, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, it's 21 past. Traffic and weather coming up next. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Rebecca Schaefer-Wells will talk about the connections of sacred music and worship. Father Robert Mixon will discuss Thomas Akimbus's book on solitude and silence. I'll talk about the need to face our own personal sinfulness, the frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to praise the King. Driving home to faith. Food. 
makes the party. And you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finer Meats on Bridgetown Road, 513-574-3100, on the web at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marian Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Pro-Life Across America. Twenty-three minutes past the hour now. This traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive. Pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Quite a few accidents to report. Southbound 71 still got the left lane blocked with an accident at Stewart, which has you stacked up past 275. Got, um, well, actually, it looks like they've cleared up an incident on northbound 7175 at the Brent Spence Bridge, but you're still dealing with a significant backup right now. Back toward Burlington Pike. A new accident on eastbound 275 at Turkey Foot. Looks like it's been moved over to the right shoulder, but you're stacked up behind it. Back toward Taylor Mill. You'll remain slow until you get over toward Mineola Pike. What have I not talked about yet? Northbound 471, slowing from 275 up to the river. Southbound 75 on the Ohio side of things is slowing as you head through the Lachlan split. Now for weather, mostly cloudy skies with an isolated rain chance in Cincinnati today and a high of 75 degrees, mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 56, mostly cloudy and another slight rain chance tomorrow with a high of 76. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, a mix of clouds and sun, slight chance of a shower to the north and a high of 73 today, overcast tonight with a low around 58 or at least sunny tomorrow with a high of 75. Now, please pray with me the daily novena prayer and the 54-day novena ahead of the November election, now two, less than two weeks away. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family. 
pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Father Robert Nixon joins us next. It's 26 past. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors. 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. more on them in just a little bit with Brian O'Neill, who wrote a book about them, and a bunch of other North American martyrs. Right now... Back with us on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Robert Nixon. He's a Benedictine monk at New Norcia in Australia and translator of the Tan Resurrection series. And we are going through a book by St. Albert the Great, The Paradise of the Soul, 42 Virtues to Reach Heaven. Father, welcome back. Thank you very much, Eddie. It's great to be with you. It is great to have you. And today we are on to the virtue of obedience. And again, I want to start with a question about the order in which Albert decided to place these virtues. Yeah. So first love, then humility, and third obedience. Why would obedience be so high on the list? Indeed. Well, Annie, there's a number of reasons. Um, I think one of the key reasons is that his original readership would have largely been um, people within his own order, the mm. Dominican order, as well as other religious monks and priests. And uh, we all live under a vow of obedience. So poverty, chastity and obedience, as well as stability for Benedictine monks. But it certainly is a key feature of the religious life and perhaps the vow which most people tend to struggle with. Um, over the longest period of time. But having said that, um, obedience is important for people in other vocations, in married life, for example, where there's mutual obedience, and in all lines of work where there is uh, obedience to one's legitimate authorities implied. So obedience is um, a very important basis to to correct and virtuous um, behaviour. If obedience isn't there a person then remains fundamentally uh, self-willed, and uh, this self-will is contrary to so many things. So obedience is such an important virtue for everyone to cultivate. Well, how does he define true obedience? So he, he talks about a number of characteristics of genuine obedience, 
And this is obeying um, legitimate directions from one's authorities, people whom one is bound to obey, and to do it not just mechanically, but to do it in such a way that you wholeheartedly embrace what you're being asked to do. So you show not the slightest sign of resentment in, in your demeanour or in your words or in your actions. I think this is such a key thing. Um, I think sometimes people believe they're being obedient, but the fact that they're not happy about it, that they're resentful or grudging, actually comes through in the way they behave mm. and in the way they do what they're asked to do. Do you experience that sometimes? Oh, no. Well, I mean, I do personally. I have to say that while I was reading through this chapter by St. Albert, I was wanting my four-year-old to be capable of reading so that I could... <laughs> hand him this yes. chapter because you know the one thing that i really appreciated about this as as a parent which is the you know the situation in which from which i am i am reading what saint albert has to say here is that oftentimes you have to leave one good for another good exactly so he makes the point here that true obedience is never going to require us to do anything which is actually evil or contrary to divine law, because then it wouldn't be a virtue at all. But the fact is that um, we can't choose to do every good thing there is. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes obedience might require us to cease doing one thing, which is in its way good, to do something else, which is also good. And in these cases, we need to defer to the judgment of, of the person who is um, our superior, the person to whom we owe obedience. And this is very difficult, particularly for monks, because, you know, we often tend to feel that we know best or whatever, but we need to think, well, our, our superior, our abbot, um, has been charged with this office of obedience. And as long as he's not asking us to do something which is actually bad, which he would never do, but he's asking us to do things which are all good, but good in different ways. So we need to defer to the judgment of others. And that implies humility, which I think is so important. Yes, absolutely. And I, in, in true St. Albert fashion, I'm, I'm learning even early on in this book, he always kind of calls us out because it's easy to be obedient, he says, um, when you're doing something that somebody asked you to do and you wanted to do it anyway. But the, the measure of true obedience is when you have to move away from something you wanted to do and uh, do something that you didn't want to do. That's exactly right. And, and that involves um, deferring to the judgment of another. And a key point is that we don't show resentment. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think about... When I used to be, uh, before I entered religious life, I was a teacher. And very often, uh, particularly with teenagers, they would obey you. But, you know, they would make it clear that they actually didn't want to obey you. And I think um, we need to be careful about that. Mm -hmm. We need to take on things wholeheartedly. And this is so such an important thing. He says, we need to know to discern what the actual will and intention of our superior is and try to put it into practice not just to do what we're told in a mechanical or minimal way, but uh, fully to embrace it. So what are some signs that you are being truly obedient that St. Albert talks about in here? So as he says, this um, 
a key sign is to do things wholeheartedly. So if you're asked to do something which you may not particularly be inclined to do, to do it well and enthusiastically and to the best of your ability. Um, the other thing is that there is a certain kind of anticipation or discerning of what your superior actually wants you to do um, and the reasons he wants you to do that. And I'm saying he here, but it could be anything. And now this would be also applying in married life, for example. So if you, if you have a sense that your husband or wife wants something, even if they don't specifically ask, then you would go out of your way to do it. The same with a child and his parents. If, you, if a child has a sense that his or her parents want them to do something, even if they're not specifically asked, they'll do their best to do it. And this is true obedience. It's the kind of active um, following of the will of another. Well, thank you so much, Father Robert Nixon. You can find the book Paradise of the Soul linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. 35 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Israeli military forces apparently ramped up bombing in southern Gaza overnight as world leaders are now calling for a halt in the fighting to allow aid to come into Gaza. The U.S. and Russia are leading the international calls for a pause in fighting so aid can reach Palestinian civilians. Meanwhile, the Israeli Defense Forces said its jets hit Syrian army infrastructure and mortar launchers in response to rocket attacks on the Jewish state. The Cardinal Patriarch of Jerusalem is asking the faithful to remember to fast and pray for peace on Friday. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. The observance comes 10 days after churches across the world united in prayer on October the 17th. In a letter addressed to the diocese, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem highlights the importance of prayer and penance at a time when everything seems to speak of death and endless hatred. The message once again condemns in unequivocal terms Hamas' attack on Israel. My conscience and moral duty require me to state clearly that what happened on October the 7th in southern Israel is in no way permissible and we cannot but condemn it, the Patriarch said. At the same time, with equal clarity, the head of the Latin Church in Jerusalem condemns the indiscriminate violence against civilians in the Gaza Strip. Cardinal Pizzaballa continues the letter by remarking that it is only by ending decades of occupation and its tragic consequences as well as giving a clear and secure national perspective to the Palestinian people that a serious peace process can begin. Unless this problem is solved at its roots, he stresses, there will never be the stability we all hope for. The Patriarch of Jerusalem therefore urges a more serious commitment in this regard from religious and political leaders, civil society and the international community. This, he says, is the only way to avoid other tragedies like the one we are experiencing now. I am Lisa Zingani. The number of abortions in the U.S. is up in the year after the Dobbs ruling, but has dropped drastically in states that have abortion bans. 
Brian Shook reports. A new report from the Society of Family Planning's We Count project shows that there were 2,200 more abortions in the 12 months from July 2022 to June 2023. But the state-by-state numbers are much different. In states with total abortion bans or six-week bans, abortions plummeted by nearly 115,000. In states where it stayed legal, there was a nearly 117,000 increase. I'm Brian Shook. And Louisiana Representative Mike Johnson is the new Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. He became the latest nominee last night for Republicans after three rounds of voting behind closed doors. A vote to try to confirm Johnson is expected at noon Eastern. 8.38 now on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. The World Series is now set as the uh, Philadelphia Phillies have been bounced by the Arizona Diamondbacks. 4-2 to two final score from Citizens Bank Park in Game 7 in the National League Championship Series. What an exciting uh, final game that was. Rookie Corbin Carroll, get used to hearing this guy's name. He is a superstar. He led the charge with three hits, two RBIs. And the uh, series clinching victory. Diamondbacks will face the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Game one set to take place Friday night in Arlington. About uh, Bengals news, we'll turn our the Bengals are turning their attention to uh, their Week Eight opponent in the San Francisco 49ers. Bengals have won two in a row and coming off a bye, sitting at three and three on the season. While the Niners. They've lost two in a row, including once to the Browns. So uh, Bengals hopefully can uh, stun them while the uh, Niners are still dazed. That's a check-in on uh, sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. I am Father Ronald Haft, chaplain for the Cincinnati Chapter of Courage. Courage is for those who have same-sex attractions but want to remain close to Christ and His church. For information, contact me at courage at catholicaoc.org. It is time for Bible Foods with Rita Eichenfeld from abouteating.com. And today we get to talk about taking care of that garden in the late summer months. Rita, good morning. Good morning. And you know our colleague, Annie, gave me this idea, and I think it's just great for this time of year. Well, there's a parable that Jesus tells in Matthew 20 that does sort of uh, get at the principle here. I wonder if you could share that with us. Oh, sure. It's, it's the, uh, the Bible passage, Matt, um, when you think of the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And you're right, it's in Matthew uh, 20. Those uh, people who went to work late still got the same pay 
as those who actually began at the beginning of the day. So we're talking about planting early in the season and then again late in the season. All right. So you're saying it is still possible to plant some stuff even in September. Yeah. You know, it's not such a crazy idea at all um, because when you think of vegetable and herb gardening, it doesn't really end with summer. There's still plenty of time in early um, emphasis on early fall to grow produce. If that's the case, there are certain things you can do and certain things that you can't do. So uh, what would you say maybe to help us understand uh, what kind of plants thrive better in those spring conditions versus those fall conditions? Well, you just said it perfectly, Matt. Uh, the plants, usually the plants that we uh, put in the garden in early spring, most of those can really be grown in late summer and early fall. And, and in fact, some really thrive under cooler conditions. And I'm talking about things like spinach, lettuce, kale, and collards. Um, I still grow those. I don't know if many people do. Any any of those uh, mustardy greens really are good crops to grow because they love cool weather. And then think about this, the radishes, beets, carrots, broccoli, um, again, mustard greens, and, and even onions. Now, onions may not reach their what I call their full potential, but you'll get a lot of green onions and small onions uh, when you plant outdoors this time of year. So, yeah, and a lot of great things for the salad, I think, too. Well, and when you mention some of those, like kale and collards, those... Uh, you know, during these days where it's starting to get a little cooler at night, I mean, those are good, like, cool weather comfort foods, you know, get a pot of collards going with a little ham and some vinegar in them. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good September afternoon meal. It really is. And also, when you plant in fall, especially the greens, the um, they don't get so buggy, you know, in the spring and early summer. Um, it seems like the creatures love those greens, um, the caterpillars and, and such. So it's a good time of year to plant those. I got to tell you, man, they were hard on my cabbages this year. Rita. Oh, oh my bad. gosh. The cabbage. Yeah, the cabbage butterfly, the little green worm. I oh. know. I know it. The worst. <laughs> All right. Well, so I guess one of, one of the things we have to worry about here is like a timing issue, too, you know, because there are people listening all over the country, you know, from Florida up to Minnesota. And so we got some Canadian listeners. And I imagine that it's good for everybody to sort of check the back of that packet to see how long it takes some of these things to grow before they get started on it. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. That's a good point. Um, thinking like greens, like lettuce, they take Oh, where I, here I am in, in southwestern Ohio, about 40, 45 days to mature completely. Um, and the good thing about that is do check the seed packet, that's for sure. And the nice thing is that most of those greens, they're cut and come again, so you can cut them down to soil level and they'll come again. So it's, it's, they're wonderful to be able to grow, to extend the garden and, and really your health. And container garden too, right? I mean, that's still an option as well. Oh, yeah. The containers, I love this because the kids especially love this. Um, this is a great time of year to plant a salad garden like we did in the spring in containers in um, old colanders. You can do lettuces, radishes, carrots, even herbs. Um, some of the Bible herbs like dill and chives and, and cilantro are good, and they grow nice and tender, so they're not quite as pungent tasting as they would be um, in the spring. So really a good time again of year to plant some of those healthy greens and herbs well how much of this can you do indoors like if you wanted to grow some of these things indoors as things get cooler and uh, we head towards first frost well first if you're transitioning like your outdoor produce herbs for instance herbs to indoors 
uh, you really need to go slow. I'll put um, my herbs, the container herbs from outdoors, into a shady place for a time just to acclimate them to an indoor environment before I put them indoors. I also check for hitchhikers, little creatures that may be at the bottom of the pot. There are some people who have lots of things left over from their garden that they haven't figured out what to do with them. You've got an end-of-summer garden pasta recipe. We've linked it at sunrisemorningshow.com, but run it down for us. Oh, it is so delicious, and I know you'll do your Matt take on this. Um, just, it, It's really easy. Some uh, tomatoes, they can be cherry or otherwise. Um, you're going to put some tomatoes, some olive oil, some garlic, and basil leaves. And I like to add a little bit of, of red pepper flakes and salt and maybe some more pepper in a bowl. And then you just stir that up and cover that uh, dressing or topping with plastic wrap. And you can leave it set for about four hours. And then right before you're ready to serve, you just bring a, you know, a pot of water um, to boil. And I like to use angel hair pasta. And another tip is I usually put a couple um, tablespoons of salt and a little bit of olive oil in the pan that, they're cook- that the pasta's cooking in. It cooks pretty quick, um, and basically you drain it and then um, add that to the bowl with the cherry tomato mixture, and then you're going to add some Parmesan cheese and maybe some extra basil, toss that in, delicious, um, and a nice fall meal, and quick, too. It sounds delicious. You know, the, the one thing I was thinking is I'd put a squeeze of lemon in there. Oh, that would be good. And that the other thing be. I was thinking, as you were saying, I was like, this would be good cold, I bet. You know, it makes a great salad, and also even stuffed in pita pockets for lunch, it's good, too. Well, as you're saying all this, where you're getting the angel hair pasta from the pantry and the fresh stuff from the garden, it reminds me of another Bible verse, Matthew 13, 52, that every scribe who understands the kingdom of heaven is like a man who brings out of the storehouse things that are new and things that are old, both the I- fresh stuff and the stuff from the pantry. And there well, you go. There you go. That's a perfect way to end this segment, for sure. It definitely is. Thank you so much, Rita. Thank you, Matt. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, Chris McGregor. It's 13 till. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Annie. 
Thank you for joining us. Always love getting to open up the Office of Readings with you. And the selection this week is for Thursday of the 29th week in Ordinary Time, taken from a letter to Proba by St. Augustine. Now, before we get to the part that's here in the office, can Mm -hmm. you tell us about this letter more generally? Do you know who Proba is? Well, Proba is a woman who lived contemporary, of course, of St. Augustine, who is a Roman noble woman. So she had some influence and was very literate. And uh, she had asked of St. Augustine to help her to grow in the spiritual life, to become a a good, holy Christian. And this is his, uh, in essence, spiritual direction to her. This is what he will send her. And if I would encourage people to go back and look at the Office of Readings, this great gift that the church has compiled for us. And over this last week, St. Augustine has been writing to Proba, helping to break open the Our Father. So that great prayer that the Lord gave us. But in this particular uh, selection, it's he's concluded that instruction, but he addresses the question essentially anticipating what she's and all of us feel. But what happens when we pray and we don't get what we've asked for? Yeah. Yeah. And so that I think this is um, he he is once again providing this great St. Augustine spiritual direction for all of us. Yeah. It's a really interesting theory, I think, that he has on the thorn in Paul's flesh that we read about in his second letter to the Corinthians. Can you talk about that? Yeah, he'll say now, okay, we've we've looked at the Our Father and we're praying, and yet you may ask, he says to Proba, but what about St. Paul who said when we uh, cannot choose words in order to pray properly? So the, the puzzlement is, but I, I've been told this is how you pray, but what happens when we can't pray properly? And so I, Augustine is essentially showing, yes, even Paul is not exempt. And this is Augustine's words, not exempt from such ignorance, the great St. Paul, <laughs> because we know that selection. He reminds her of that passage in scripture where he um, he experiences this thorn in the flesh and he asks three times we don't know what that is but you know to have that removed and it's not happening it's staying with him and augustine would say when to prevent him from becoming swollen headed over the greatness of revelations that had been given to him he was given an addition of thorn in the flesh flesh a messenger of satan to buffet him And, of course, we know that he wasn't removed. And the Lord would say finally to him, my grace is enough for you. My power is at its best in weakness. Mm. The Lord said no to to St. Paul. So St. Augustine's trying to help Proba to understand those times when the Lord may say no to her and may say no to us. And it's not because he doesn't love us. It's not that he doesn't, it it may be because the disposition of our heart or what we're asking for isn't for our greater good. And this leads to what I think is, at least for me, the most striking part of this letter. He writes, and I hope you'll reflect on this, at least though we owe this much respect to the Lord our God, that if he does not take our afflictions away, 
We should not consider ourselves ignored or neglected, but should hope to gain some greater good through the patient acceptance of suffering for power is at its best in weakness. That's you picked out the line I picked. Yeah. I mean, Anna, that is exactly the line I picked too. And there's a word that jumped out to me because it says, but should hope to gain some yes. greater good through the patient acceptance of suffering. Okay, so what is hope? Hope is that it's essentially two things. It's, it's first that if God keeps his promises. Remember, God will keep his promises. Mary reminds us that in the uh, Magnificat. And then the second is that God is bigger than we are, stronger than we are. So if he is allowing something to happen, it's probably, and he'll remind us in the, the paragraph to come, that us asking for that may not have been for our greater good, that it may not have been something that would have been uh, that we actually need. Maybe something we want. I know there are millions of us out there who uh, once a week, especially as the lotto number gets much higher, really wants that lottery win. Oh, but Lord, I can do really good things. I promise. Oh, my gosh. This is a constant struggle for me. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, mean, somebody's got to win. Why not me? You know, and the thing is, he's not going to necessarily answer that prayer the way we want it done. Yeah. Because by winning that lotto, it, it, it and uh, essentially Augustine is saying this, it could cause all kinds of problems for you. Yeah. Your family could suffer in ways that you may not even begin to, to the, and a corruption. He even talks about that. You may come upon a good fortune, but it would lead to your corruption and your ruin. Yeah. So you have to, sometimes... We have to be um, of a disposition to actually want to do the will of the Father and not my will be done, but your will. And then he brings that out as the example of Christ ultimately in the garden. Sacred Heart Radio family. Thank you so much, Chris McGregor. You can find discerninghearts.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com and encourage you to uh, check out the show notes over at our website, sonrisemorningshow.com or sacredheartradio.com. Be sure to click on that subscribe button, type in your email address, and then you can just get them in your inbox every day as we go on the air. So again, sonrisemorningshow.com or sacredheartradio.com. Click on the show notes, click the subscribe button. It's also where you will be able to find our podcast in about an hour from now if there was an interview you'd like to revisit or uh, missed entirely and want to hear. we got little markers on that podcast, and they're loaded in our show notes every day. That'll do it for this Wednesday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. Talk to you again tomorrow on a Thursday. For Matt Swaim and Paul Lockman, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Family, thank you for supporting Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Yes, because of your generosity and from inviting many others to listen and give is why Sacred Heart Radio is now heard and seen on seven media platforms. Now, if you are a new listener, setting up a reoccurring gift of just $10 a month is easy to do at sacredheartradio.com and we'll assure that the gospel of Jesus Christ will always be broadcast on Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app.
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a great place to shop for Christmas. From custom-made rosaries, heirloom-quality nativities, books and CDs, to Christ-centered gifts for the kids. St. Michael's Rosaries, online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. This is Father Michael Mary Dosh from St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast.